Are you are you drinking anything? Is there anything that goes with the uh, uh like all this might be shooting out of your esophagus? I've got that it's called like Lefe or I don't know what this is. It's like some Belgian beer with the gold foil. It was on sale, so I bought that. It's Belgian blonde. So you're drinking that? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm drinking. Cool. Beer. This is number four, by the way. So rock and roll. Anyways, yeah, trouble later. But uh, for now, are we ready to start the pod? Yeah, let's start the pod. Hello, I'm Benjamin Light. Hello, I'm Marco Sparks. Hello, indeed. Welcome to Headcanon, episode 24, where we talk about the Avengers Age of Ultron, among other things. How are you doing? Doing good. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about how you'll die? All the time. Is it how you'll die or how you'll be found dead? Both. Ooh, let's get into that. Get, hop on the couch. Talk to us. I don't know if there's any one particular thing. I mean, there's, you know, the the found dead, you know, in bed or at your home, half eaten by scavengers. What about you? That's your concern is that like you'll be found half eaten by scavengers or you'll be in the you'll be like face deep and scavenging someone else. Well, you know, I live alone. That's all something that comes into your mind. You know, it's like half the reason like, for pairing up with someone. God, I hope they don't eat. find the the girl in the fridge. Well, like I said, half the reason for pairing up someone's just so that there's someone there to find your body in a reasonable amount of time before you've really deteriorated. Okay. Now, in your pro cannibalistic life, should a lady friend move in with you, are you whether spoken or unspoken? Are you like saying basically, "I give you permission to eat me"? I feel like you have a very weird perception of uh, cannibalism in general. Oh, I'm sorry. Tell me more about your your personal brand of cannibalism. Just because I said that during some sort of post-apocalyptic situation for food is scarce that cannibalism wouldn't be off the menu i feel like you think i'm like eager for cannibalism i feel like you've brought it up enough times in our mm. our mild-mannered adventures what about you you think about dying a lot you think about dying right now uh this is a good way to start the pod <laughs> well can you imagine like if someone found your body, like something happened to you and like three days later they find you in your apartment. Curled up in the corner, flaccid penis in hand. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's like for like 48 hours, the cops are like, we have no idea what he was doing. And then like later on, they're like, oh, he was podcasting. That's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Let's just move his body to the toilet and tell everyone he died taking a shit. So the problem with that is that there's a certain amount of post-production work that has to happen with podcasting. It's not like this was somehow going out live on the air, you know. No, no. I mean, oh, that would be great. There are ways to do that. Finger, do that. Yeah. finger, just above like a crucial enter stroke to like release the pod into the world. Mm-hmm. You're just like, let me show you a beautiful, more beautiful world. Anyway, we're going to talk about Age of Ultron today, obviously. But before mm-hmm. we do that, we've got some other stuff to discuss. Now, obviously, we're going to talk about. Dude, you also saw Truth or Dare. I also want to talk a little bit about Lost in Space because I feel betrayed. Okay. Now, you seemed to intimate in the last episode or two that Lost in Space is something I should watch. 
Did we talk about this last week? Yeah, I yeah. guess I got to watch this last week. Uh, I didn't enjoy the pilot, but as the show progressed, I enjoyed it. I guess I guess I should have prepped that. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Um, as the pilot. show, because it just starts you in media ray in the most boring way possible. Um, it's just bad. by the end. It's like of the season, I enjoyed filming. the show. I became firmly like Team Penny, but it has a lot of. I mean, in general, the Lost in Space concept has a lot of elements that I don't like, like Will Robinson. And in this particular case, the dad, I could give a fuck about Maggie Smith Jr. Um, is that that I really, is? Yeah, I really that don't like that. That guy was a fucking dude. stiff. That was like we couldn't get fucking Ryan Robbins for that role, so we went to this guy instead. Oh, I'll still take this guy over Ryan Robbins. Would you? For real? I don't know about yes, that. Yes, I hate Ryan Robbins. I, I hate Ryan You Robbins. know how much I hate Ryan Robbins, but still, I feel like I'd rather have him than this stiff. Hey, they obviously filmed in Canada. Where's my boy Terry Chen? <laughs> I need him to show up as the dad. Um, when he's just like, you want to take my kids away from me? I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Is this Lost in Space? Is really, yeah. this is where you're going with this storyline. Yeah, he's 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 terrible. Um, it doesn't ever really get better. I mean, I like that they, they switched it to where the wife is like more of the scientist. Uh, I enjoyed that change. There's like just you don't need the dad at all. It seems like. Um, oh, no I got a no scientist in the original. It's been a real long time since I, I watched think it. So, but. but I think she was probably still like a lady, so like it really didn't matter. Um, I don't really know if the kids were anything other than just kids in the original show. I don't remember the original show too much. I know, like in the movie, uh, Heather Graham is like definitely the medic. So I don't know if that was something that the movie. I, I do have a. It's love, been a. It's been a, a real long time movie. since I watched the original Lost in Space. Yeah, the, <laughs> the movie or the show. The, the show. Uh, the movie also a long time, but even longer for the show. Well, like so, I think I talked about it on the internet somewhere like six months ago or so. I I just got a hankering and I I searched through Netflix and I saw the movies on there. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna watch this. And then I saw they had a thing for something like Lost in Space coming coming in 2018, and that's when I discovered they were doing a show. Um. Yeah, I mean, by the end of the show, I grew to enjoy it. But yeah, the pilot's a little rough. It throws you right into stuff of like. Uh, it just seems like tonally incompetent. It's like, do you guys know you're making Lost in Space? Did somebody tell you that? Like, what, what, what show do you think you're making right now? Just such incompetence on display. The whole dumb thing, freezing in the water, and she like slices well, up her mom's whole leg. Character. Yeah, it's such a waste of a character to like freeze them in a puddle, you know, for a whole pilot episode. I like Parker Posey, but I feel like Doctor Smith never really got any traction. I I could Uh, just imagine it was a case of like, we'll just hire Parker Posey and she'll she'll make it better. You know, we don't have to try that hard on the page. Yeah. Um. Did you watch what like just the first episode? Yeah, I bailed out the first episode. I barely even made it through. It was so bad. I will not be watching more. Sorry. And it's ridiculous because for most of the season, there's like 60 people on the planet with them. It's lame. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like their idea is like season two. We're really going to do a Lost in Space show. I mean, I said I, I, I grew to enjoy it by the end. Like I grew to hate Dawn and then I grew to like Dawn. I mean, it, it shouldn't be that hard of a concept, right? It's a little bit Star nope. Trek, but with nope. a family. Like This should be the should... easiest fucking thing in the world. You would think. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, I don't have anything else to say about Lost in Space except for 
people should not watch it. I don't know. It worries me, like, what Netflix is up to lately. They just seem to just, like, just a fire hose of mediocre crap that they're spewing out of the world. And mm. it's like, is this the future of entertainment? It's like, just no one's really trying that hard, and they're just kind of pumping out content that soullessly. How much of uh, season two of Jessica Jones have you watched? Uh, first two episodes. Okay, it was, it was fine, was... but it didn't super grab me, and maybe I'll get back to it eventually. Because I I turned it off during the second episode, and I was like, this doesn't seem like it's. Did you get I don't to know, the a show part... that's excited to have me back? Did you get to the part where it was like it was a lesbian orgy, except none of the women are kissing each other? That part seemed uh... real weird to me. No, I'm just thinking of Eyes Wide Shut when you say that. No, I got to the part where they're just like, dun-dun-dun, the boring cop who's like, like Patriot from the comics. Yeah, Nuke, sorry, is like, he's he's actually alive. And I'm just like, fuck, I don't care. There was this whole bit with uh, Girl from the Matrix where it's like she's, I don't know, got lady cancer and she's dying. And so she's going to have like a coke-fueled lesbian orgy. And As it's like... It's like, oh, it's time for the lesbian orgy. And it's not that I want the show to be super explicit or anything, but it was just very strange to see. She's just doing a lot of like swaying around, dancing, and kind of like barely touching the prostitute Mm. she's hired, and no one's kissing, and they're all just kind of swaying around together. And it's like, did you just not want to like, I don't know, go for that R or whatever constitutes an R rating on TV or something? It was very strange. Yeah, it just seems like Marvel wasn't willing to allow them to portray what we're supposed to be seeing so it's like oh they're just going to sway around and use their imagination it was weird it was just it seemed like the show wasn't willing to commit to the kind of edge they were going for like i said not that i need to see like super explicit sex scenes or anything it just if you're going to suggest that i think there's better ways to portray that everyone knows that's how lesbians have sex just lots of swaying Mm -hmm. (laughs) well speaking of netflix dude Real quick, you saw Truth uh, or me, Dare. Yeah, I was going to say, let me get Truth or Dare out. Uh, that movie is fucking flat garbage. Is it? Okay, good. That I almost... Fucking, it's not even fun bad. It's no. dumb. I also saw this movie, like, theater was completely by myself. Sure. So I thought, oh, great, this will be, like, a great movie. I don't have to, like, restrain myself. I can laugh at it. But no, it's just bad. It's lazy. It's poor. Lucy Hale is, like, playing... I don't know, like 90% of her like life sentence, manic speed. Mm. Fuck. It's, it's a, just Jesse Quick is in it as a blonde or something, right? I mean, like, it's it does no justice to Lucy Hale or Violet Bean. Uh, the guy, Posey, Tyler Posey. Oh, that guy, yeah. Uh, let me know, anyone. Is that guy just straight up terrible or what? Like, he is just, there's no charisma. Um, I was hoping you would have seen it just for, like, there is one of her, like, group of friends who like this like totally straight face like like alpha white like asshole is like the med student guy who's like his whole thing is he just he's stolen like a pad and he's just writing like prescriptions for people <laughs> and so he comes up there at one point and he's just like listen i'm sorry that i outed your crush on your like friend's boyfriend to two of them i was real dickish of me and he just like writes her a prescription for adderall and hands it to her <laughs> it's like the only good part of the movie <laughs> And then also, anytime people have to cut off a tongue, ugh, yeah. that's me. I was going to see it, and then plans fell through, and I was like, well, I'll see it later. And then I started to feel a little under the weather, and I was like, well, fuck this. Why am I even bothering? Yeah, good, good. You, you did the right thing. So I was like, I was desperate to see something like Dude. <laughs> did it help? What did you oh, think of Dude? 
Uh, for the most part, I enjoyed Dude. I'm like, oh shit, is this what teenagers are like now? I feel like the teenagers are still a little too, I don't know, hyper-referential. See, watching this movie, like, I don't, like, first of all, I'm, I'm not a teenager. I'm not a girl. And when I was a teenager, like, I definitely didn't hang out with, like, this crowd. So... I could just be totally wrong, but I feel like these teenagers as presented in the movie don't ring true to me as like real human beings. Like maybe there are teens like this somewhere. I don't know. Maybe there's the valedictorian who's also a stoner and a party girl. Maybe Mm. she exists somewhere, but I had a hard time connecting their like crazy party girl lifestyle to like the other half of their characters, you know, where they're like trying to be serious and emotional. Well, I mean, there is such a, a, a vibrancy to her life. Like you said, she's dealing with grief. She's she's the valedictorian. She's planning the prom. She's like high most of the time. She's just won a soccer game and she's like, fuck, yeah, this is a life where I can like bang two guys in the same day. Um, I mean, maybe and, maybe and I just like I'm going exist like that. I just don't. You're going to peak so yeah. hard. <laughs> Yeah, she's like the most sexually liberated 17-year-old you've probably ever seen in a movie, well, I would say. Kudos to Michaela Watkins, because she actually got to call Lucy Hale a monster to her face. I think she's still alive. Somebody check on her. Who's Michaela Watkins? She's the mom. The mom, okay. <laughs> but there's she's like... Dead now. this is This is like 100%. This is the Lucy Hale I wanted to see like right after PLO. Like before Life Sentence or True for Dare, I wanted to see this. I wanted... To see Lucy Hale saying things like, yeah, I masturbate at school all the time. It's a great burst of energy. It both focuses you and relaxes you. See, I just, I didn't totally buy it, though, as a thing. I just, I thought well, of that you're, you're reading the script, but it, like, I don't think you're a real person or that like a real person like you exists in the world. No, it's 100% a cartoon, but yeah. I, I was just showing up for the actor's work. I mean, like, I think you discovered the always fantastic Catherine Prescott. Um, you're going to say you were already into her from Skins, I assume, right? I have seen skins mm. and she and her twin sister are great in that twin uh, sister. Mm. Are they, does she literally have a twin sister? Or does she play twin sisters? She literally has a twin sister. You, this is relevant to our interest. You should get on that. Um, but she's fantastic. Uh, that just sounds filthy. <laughs> I am kind of shocked that like in another movie and maybe a more conventional movie, maybe a more boring movie. Like she would have been the star. I kind of feel like she was like, like even though Lucy Hale's the bigger so, like, name, like no one told Lucy Hale. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> like I mean the emotional core of the movie is Catherine Prescott's character, mm. and then I guess you'd say in in how she's dealing with her best friend Lucy Hale. You know, it's like the the core of this story is that Catherine Prescott's brother and Lucy, who's also Lucy Hale's like boyfriend at the time, he's a senior, he's graduated, and he like I don't know dies on grad night or something, like car accident or something. And then it's like cut to a year later is their high school's ending and like, you know, they're they're having some some coming of age problems, like dealing with the, you know, how they've grieved over that and whatnot. Like, I feel like one of the issues I had with the movie, like all that stuff with Lucy Hale and Catherine Prescott and like that drama is really good. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of it feels like it's from a slightly different movie. And unfortunately, the two women of color in the cast are kind of underdeveloped because of that. And it's a shame but they're, because they're, they're both... given a lot of on the nose dialogue about like, oh, where's our token white friends? Yeah, but it's like Alexandra ship. It's like she's got some sort of undefined dad issue and Aquafina like wants to bang her teacher and they don't they don't get the same level of like emotional 
you know, gravity to their scenes mm. that the other characters get, which is a shame. It feels like they realize that they're coming in at like 72 minutes <laughs> and also they have some great actors. So it's like, mm-hmm. let's just half-ass some scenes and get it up to 90. I really despise the, uh, the character that's like Lucy Hale's brother. Oh, he sucked. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to bring vegetables to my TV and like throw them at him. He's fucking foul. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think, what did you say? It's like half a good movie or half a great movie. I buy that. I, I think the stuff between the Lily character and what was Catherine Prescott's character's name? I don't have it in front of me. I want to say Chloe. Chloe, yeah. Lily and Chloe and their kind of, I don't know, growing apart with this grief of the, the dead brother between them. That was good. And then like the, these are crazy party girls in high school. Like it was kind of mildly amusing to watch. I just didn't really, it didn't seem relatable to, I don't know. I want maybe teens watch this and they're like, yes, that's high school now, but I, I kind of doubt it. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Lucy Hale's character. She loves taking a shit at school. That's like one of her little character beats. She feels very comfortable. Well, I mean, I, 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 yeah. after seven years of PLL, I mean, heavy spoilers and it, it's a, it's a, she's great in the movie. She's fantastic. It is a cartoon movie. But I never thought I would see like a Lucy Hale character like get eaten out on a uh, in a movie. Yeah, take that uh, as her fits. Um, I mean, it, for it's kind of weird though when like you're playing like a high school senior, but like it's still kind of a very like adult like sex scene with that dude who was the nerd from the Jumanji movie. Oh, that's who that guy was. Okay, he was kind of a dick. I don't know why she like tried to like bury the hatchet with that guy later in the movie. He was no, he ass. was a sh- fucking shithead to her. Yeah. yeah, he was like, I'm a nice guy. And then, but I'm not so nice at the same time. And well, then, like he turns into a complete asshole and like she calls him out on it. He says something really, really, really shitty to her. And then like she's like processing it and he's like, oh, you're not going to say anything back? Well, fuck you then. And storms off. Yeah, he sucked. I, yeah. Do, do teens, this is, I, I'm curious about this because I was never the one to uh, hang out with this type of crowd anyways in high school. But like, do teens actually have these crazy house parties? that you see them having in movies and TV shows. Like, do those happen? And like, I just didn't go to them. I have only been to a small handful myself. And I feel like the people who I loosely say were party planning them. Mm-hmm. All they had was reference was the movies and they all fell short. I mean, I feel like I've maybe been to parties like this in my twenties, mm-hmm. but I just, I'm a little doubtful that like, Teens just had like, I don't know, so-and-so's parents are gone for the weekend and they've got all this booze there, you know, and it's just like, oh, pour yourself a drink. Like, I don't buy it. I don't know. Maybe rich kids do. I suppose that's a little more likely. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is is they're very rich kids. In fact, their school has a silly Except for Aquafina. Yeah. Yeah. Who's like her Uh whole drama is she wants to bang her teacher and it's not ever played as creepy for some reason. Uh, And she's like needs student loans. Yeah. He's. uh. I spent like an hour of the movie trying to place him. I, he was like, he had a brief arc on like new girl years ago. Yeah. But like, he's like the short Ezra Fitz, <laughs> the short British Ezra Fitz. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I know I can't get you out of my head. And she's like, well, I'm 18. I just graduated. And he's like, yeah. Well, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I could kind of see a thing where it's like, she just like has a crush on her teacher, but like, yeah. Having him be like, Oh, you're 18 now. We can, get together at your fucking grad party. That was creepy. Well, I mean, 
yeah, like talk about you, you mentioned like I just wonder and I know some are obviously, but like what is the percentage of like high school kids who would look at this movie and say like I was this sexually liberated or this comfortable in my own skin at this point in my high school career? Um and how many high school kids were just like, you know what, I'm gonna go rub one out at school. <laughs> Yeah, in the bathroom. You know what did make me happy about this movie is that the the brother in question, the one who dies, when he shows mm-hmm. up, he's just like fucker with a man bun, and I was like, oh, screw this guy, and then he died, and I was like, yes, thank yeah. God, in your fucking yeah. face. He looks like he could play Thor in like an Avengers porn parody. Seriously, yeah, that's exactly what he looks like. He sucked. Our teens, the hammer is my penis. Are teens really this into weed? Like. I don't know. I mean, there were definitely the stoners when we were in high school, but not, it wasn't like all kids. I don't know. Maybe they yeah. are. Well, like, yeah, like this was almost like it was like stand by me only instead of a body. It was just like donkey bong. I mean, I, I think I have to quote Cher Horowitz here and say, you know, it's one thing to smoke a doobie to party is another to hang out with it. You know, those dorks on the lawn there. Oh, yeah. You shouldn't hang out with the Brecken Myers. Yeah. Just in general. At any age, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just for them to all have their like weird communal bong that they named and whatnot, like that seemed a little too like stonerish for mm-hmm. these kind of like preppy valedictorian like smart girl party girls, you know. You could see them like maybe like getting high at a party, but like having like their special bong that they hotbox in every day before class, like people would smell that, you know. Like I, I don't mm-hmm. buy the truth of the valedictorian. Yeah, or that your your mom is really cool and into pot, and mm-hmm. all four of your friends coming over and getting high at the same time. Um, well, like okay, so it's it's a first time film, you know, first time writer director. The script is on the blacklist for a while. Olivia Milch, and like it has that. What's that? Olivia Milch, I believe, is the writer director. Yes, so it has that moment, of course, where the cop finally pulls over Lucy Hale. And like he delivers like the on the nose, you know, lines to her about her how fall far her character's fallen. But like the fact that she does not get arrested <laughs> for the giant bong in her backseat, that is that is white privilege right there. I mean, didn't she though? He said I'm gonna make your life hell for a week. So I don't I don't know what happened exactly there. Maybe community service? No, not her. I don't know. She's got prom to plan. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's some kind of rich rich punishment. Mm-hmm. She had to put on an orange jumpsuit and picks up trash and get in catfights of her friends on the side of the road mm-hmm. while a cop watched. Only. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't, it's maybe worth watching. There were good parts to it. Like I said, I felt like it was half of a good movie where like there was good writing and like kind of, you know, effective drama. And then there was also just kind of like this nonsense where you're like, okay, sure. Maybe this is how the kids are. Who am I to say otherwise, but I kind of doubt it, you know? Yeah. For part of it, there's a really fun energy and then it gets very, very silly in places. And I don't know if it's altogether a success, but I, I did enjoy it. It did fly by. It was only 90 minutes. So that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the Avengers age of Ultron. Yeah. Um, side note: As I continue to drink and reading and and speaking the words from my nose becomes an issue, I just want to say that for some reason my autocorrect changed "stank tower" to "spank tower" every single time I wrote it. So, apologies. Um, shall we begin? Sure. You got an opening statement? Yeah. So I don't have much of an opening statement. I I after watching 
the first one last week. I was really looking at forward to Weekend at Spank Tower 2, the Sokovian Spring Break. Um, this fun movie about robot babies having tantrums. Uh, this movie just benefits from all the innovations made elsewhere in the franchise that I feel like were kind of brought back into this one. Uh, this is some of Joss Whedon's best work and just some of Ultron's speeches. It's It's a nice kind of... Uh, it's a great sequel. It's a great exploration of where the continuation of his series can go, and it's not to some of the obvious places. It reminds me in certain ways of kind of like Last Jedi. Um, and I just enjoyed Joss Whedon like, deconstructing the archetype of the villain, the tropes that come with that, the larger in life, the robo-mustache twirling entity, um, the nice changes that tweak the formula of this, some things that come out of nowhere that don't necessarily not work, like the relationship between Natasha and Bruce, or the idea that somehow Hawkeye became the moral center of the team. But I feel like as far as a juggling act with a movie that has, like I don't know, like 38 characters and lots of callbacks and things, this movie just works. I enjoyed it. Um, I think you said you saw the first one in the theater like five times. Um, I did not. I saw this one in the theater at least five or six times. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I would totally go see it again. And there's a great, I just want to say there's a, there's a continuously great, I have more notes here than I thought. Um, great recurring thread of Hawkeye waiting for him to die. The total fake out there reminded me so much of Crispin Glover's missing arm in the hot tub time machine and how you're just waiting <laughs> to see how he loses it. Um, Juggling the chainsaw. <laughs> that is um, by know, the way, the best gag in that movie. Oh, for sure. Um, I know that the, the, the idea, the target idea was Sersha for Scarlet Witch, but kudos to whoever brought super babe, Liz Volson to the franchise as my girl Wanda. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts. All right. sounds like you enjoyed the movie. Um, yeah, I, I did as well. It's a mess of a movie, but I feel like it's got a lot more complexity and some genuine emotional moments in it compared to the kind of pure spectacle of the first Avengers movie. Like the plot mm-hmm. is pretty overstuffed, but it feels more carefully constructed and intelligent this time. Um, unfortunately, you can really tell when the story gets bogged down by like the mandated action scenes at certain points, like the Hulkbuster sequence, or like when they go to Korea. It just does feel like they have to be there because we have to have an action scene. And I, I wonder what the script would look like if you didn't have to have those beats. But I'd say there's mm-hmm. more more consistent highs, but maybe more noticeable lows than the first mm-hmm. movie. Um, you can really see where the demands of like the multi franchise are stretching the plot to the breaking point, but still a very entertaining film that feels like it's taking the Avengers into a deeper territory, which ultimately is going to pay off in civil war. Um, it Joss, it feels like he's writing real characters now instead of just like comic book arch types. Yeah. Like it feels like he's taking the material more seriously. Well, like you always look forward, you know, when you looked at the writing credits for a season of Buffy, and you're like, yeah, these episodes would be good, but like you're like looking forward to that one four weeks from now that Joss Whedon actually writes or co-writes or directs or whatever. It's and it was that one with Tara's family, and you're just like, eh. Yeah, but like you're like or the one with Gwen Raiden. Uh first of all, I like Gwen Raiden. Um, so I'm not saying I out. don't like her, but like it was not exactly like a headliner Joss episode, you know what I'm saying? She made Angel's Heartbeat for half a second. Um she's, she's on stuff now. That actress is still around. Yeah, she's she's in uh, that show with the Nazis that you hate. That's right. Yeah, yeah that was a boring yeah. ass show. Um, yeah. So this felt like a really good two parter of the Avengers show. And you're right. There's some aspects of the script that they just gloss the fuck over. Like uh, he's escaped to the internet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, some of that is really just like 
how would you ever explain how you can like get rid of a computer program like, that has access to the internet you know or it's like they're like basically like, i want them to look at the audience and be like don't worry about the fucking like launch codes for missiles it's not a thing we're not going there All right, well, should we do our top moments? I think we probably should. I've got a couple honorable mentions. I limited myself to three honorable mentions. All right, well, you go first. Um, just, it belies some other problems, but just ScarJo behind the bar telling her sad story. A fella done me wrong. And then, of course, she adds in, you know, as as uh, Bruce Banner's not so good at, like, uh, sexing on the fly there. She adds in, like, he's also a huge dork which i'll just go ahead and say leads to my least favorite moment which is when captain america struts over to to you know observe and give his approval it's nice even rowan up yeah not one of my favorite moments it just it felt like joss had some dialogue and he's like this isn't at all in uh black widow's character but sure we're gonna give it to her well and then have captain america be like take my advice buddy don't wait get it wet Yeah, uh, my number five moment is, um, and I really feel like maybe this should be higher. It's when Hawkeye's wife, she says, she has this line. She goes like, honey, you know, I support your avenging. Interesting. <laughs> it's just fucking hilarious the way she says it. It's like, you know, I support your Green Day cover band, but, you know, it's time to start focusing on the family a little more. You know, I support your podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, boy. Um. Yeah, my my number five. How many did you have for honorable mentions? That was my number five. Okay. Yeah, my number five is, you know what? It's it's a goofy moment. It's a little more hangs on it than the one you just mentioned. But the city is flying. We're fighting a bunch of robots, and I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. <laughs> but if you, but then he turns around to if you step out that door, you're an Avenger. Which again is like ooh nail in the coffin. Hawkeye's gonna die for sure, guys. He's definitely having fun with his own reputation there. I feel like Joss Whedon is. Yeah. Like I'm I'm just going to make you think that I'm going to cruelly just murder this character and then I don't. This leaf on the wind, yeah. It's a whole lot of like one last time, you know. I'm about to retire and go I'm gonna live my for, Even as a lion, he's like, oh, I'm going to live forever at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my number four moment is when Iron Man, Vision, and Thor all blast Ultron with their energy weapons. It just looks super fucking cool. That's such a mm. such a comic-y moment in the best way. Especially the way Ultron, or, or not Ultron, but uh, Vision just kind of like levitates the way he does. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know, that and the score and everything works great. Uh, there's a great, my number four, there's a great slow-mo shot at the beginning of the movie, but instead I want to mention just the like slow-mo fight montage with the Avengers in the church at the end and all the little Ultrons. The it was just fun. Yeah, the sub-Ultrons, the subtrons. It's just perfect comic book, ridiculous action showing all these characters. Cap's you didn't like need the, doing like a triple Lutz for some reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't need like the weird marble like thing that they, they rotate around for the credits because this was it. It was perfect. Right on. My number three moment is when Captain America and Black Widow are admiring the view from the, right before the Hell Carrier shows up. When uh, Widow's saying, "Everyone up here versus everyone down there," there's no math there, and Cap's like, "I'm not leaving this rock with one civilian on it." And she's like, "I didn't say we should leave. There's worse ways to go. Where else am I going to get a view like this?" Like, it's just a nice moment for a, for a split second. You actually might you, you think, "Hmm, 
maybe this is it for them. Like you, you know, of course that it's not, but I feel like the way it's executed makes it feel dramatically weighty in a way that I didn't really get from the first Avengers movie. Uh, on one hand, it's textbook perfect screenwriting. On the other hand, as she's saying that in the theater, I was like, well, wouldn't have she seen that view all the time on the helicarrier and like the helicarrier like mm-hmm. pops up and I was like, oh shit, the movie read my mind. <laughs> uh, my number three uh, is just Natasha telling Bruce that she adores him, but that he's not the one that she needs right now. She pushes him in a hole to bring the Hulk out. It's such a small betrayal for the moment. Almost like there's like a, like a love triangle between two people here. It's again, it's not necessarily found in the text of the first movie, but I, I do kind of enjoy the dynamic they found with those two characters. This is interesting. That's your uh, second Nat and Bruce moment there on this. Mm. Mm. Uh, my number two is when the vision uh, is talking to Ultron at the end, and Ultron says, You're incredibly naive. And Ultron says, Well, I was born yesterday. That's just a great line. The vision says that. Yeah, I, that moment really should be on my list. That is such a, a great ending and i i feel like i feel like that's like a a or joss whedon mm-hmm. you know button to the whole plot uh my number two like it's i should say oh. I, I was listening to some other podcasts where they're saying like oh this should have been tony stark there like having the last moment with Ultron, which i could see for various reasons like he's the one who started this he should end it but like that's such a good line from vision there that like i'll allow it you know but really <sighs> They do a lot with setting up this vision character and being like, this is a bro that you can 100% trust, mm-hmm. but also he's a little bit mysterious and that's going to come into play later. Like vision is set up to be such a very interesting character. I don't care how embarrassing, like the super tight mocap suit that Paul Bettany would have to wear for this. I feel like any actor would be a fool to not take on this, this role for its potential. Uh, but my number two is of course, just a little montage of people trying to pick up the hammer after the party. Uh, again, it has some bad moments attached with it, like I will be reinstituting prima nocta, but that there's some great sounds moments like there, something you know. Tony would say, though. <laughs> yes and no, it kind of sounds like something that RDJ would uh, you know, come up on the fly, too. But yeah. like Rhodes and Tony both trying to pick it up, wearing their like, iron gauntlets. Uh, Thor getting a little nervous as Steve Rogers makes a wiggle, which I think that sense out of context. And then, of course, you know, going back to the uh, Nat, and she's like, oh, no, no, no. That's not a question that I need answering. Seems great. It's also perfect misdirection for the arrival of the villain, but I love it. Yeah, that's my number one. Um, party at Avengers Tower hanging out it's like the after party it's also at the same place the party was at you know but it's like the the roster's been slimmed down hawkeye's got like some drumsticks in his hand for some reason what an asshole uh helen cho is still hanging out along with uh maria hill there maria hill. yeah that that's a fun after party just trying to pick up that hammer yeah I, I want to say falcon, falcon's not there i don't think too bad for him yeah so my number one, of course, is Vision's big introductory speech. He's he's new. He's not Ultron. He's not Jarvis. There's no annihilation in him. Vision's on the side of life, but Ultron isn't. Um, he's like, I don't want to kill Ultron. He's unique and he's in pain, but that pain will roll over the earth. So it must be destroyed. And so this, this big speech is like unifying all of these like storylines and concerns and why you're assembling the Avengers in this. And then, of course, just you've forgotten about it in a classic Joss Whedon way, but oh shit, 
he hands that hammer over to Thor because he's worthy. And like at least three or four of the five or six viewings, people fucking like cheered uproariously in the theater. Oh, yeah, that's that. a big, big moment in the theater. And I think if you can make that moment work, that's that's got to be my number one. All right. Well, any complaints? Uh, like you said, there's a, it's a little overstuffed in places. Some of the stuff doesn't quite get to work out or breathe. Um, you know, like the the Black Widow flashback stuff, I found interesting. There's like enough meaty stuff there that you could do something with that in a, in a Black Widow movie or whatever. Some of the stuff felt like tacked on to give a character something like the Thor going into the pool to have flashbacks. Oh, they totally, all. they totally don't know what to do with Thor and Iron Man in like the second half of Act 2 in this movie. I mean, <laughs> Thor is better in this movie than he was in the first one for mm-hmm. sure. And I think I think the portrayal of Thor here really gives way to like how good and how fun you can make for Thor 3, like Ragnarok. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just... It's, I don't know. It's a massive improvement over the first one to me. Yeah, my I have a, a, a few complaints. Um, the Natasha Bruce scene in the farmhouse just felt so out of character to me. Like suddenly, Nat is coming on like super strong. She's making all these like sexual jokes, you know, like oh, I should have got should have gotten that shower with you. Or he says something like, um, you know, I don't want to make this harder on you. And she's like, you're the one who's supposed to make it harder on me. And it's like what? Like where is this coming from? Like I don't buy this characterization at all. Uh, and then you have the whole sterilization conversation, which could have been done better. I think the internet lost their shit over this scene. And almost every article I read about it at the time, they were all misquoting the dialogue because there was like a transcript they're all working off online that was incorrect, where she says something like, you know, I'm sterile. You're not the only, uh, you know, you think you were the only monster in this room. Like they cut out like all this in between dialogue and the transcript. And so it made it sound worse than it was. Well, it's still not great, though. She's talking about herself as a trained killer and then transitions into talking about like children. And so but, but then but then she comes back to saying like it made me a better killer. You still think yeah. that you're the only monster in this room. It's just there's a way to I don't know, capture those ideas with a little more space between them, I think. So mm-hmm. there's there could be no question. Like I do I do feel like some of the controversy on this was just because people were like reading an incorrect transcript of the movie uh, and hadn't seen the movie yet, but, but still, the, or if you're, I'll say if you're going to actually portray a storyline in which a character is, you know, upset with themselves to that degree because they're unable to like have children, like you need to give that more room and like really do that character justice and respect how complicated yeah. that can be to a person, but it's not an Avengers age of Ultron. And it, it, yeah, like you said, it didn't have room to breathe. And so if you, you know pay attention close to the dialogue you see what he's going for there but it happens quickly enough that still you can see how people would conflate those two ideas together and it which just makes it seem tacky um and just in general i i'm not a fan of the nat bruce romance in this i don't buy it at all i feel like it comes out of nowhere and it doesn't really help the movie at all i i buy that i guess i i would say i like the way some of the scenes are written um, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to go down the road that you don't prefer, at least make it scenic, um, with good, good portrayals, good dialogue. But yeah, I don't know if it necessarily works. Um, it's interesting that the, that they do bring up her lack of being able to have children and her brief aside of, of a backstory. 
when I guess I could see if all the characters kind of touched upon that since it's so much about fostering new life in general. I have, I have a fix I for know. that. I guess we'll, we'll the, get it's the cool. road not taken for so many of the characters, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. I might make one change because I have some ideas for how you could clean that up. Yeah, one last complaint I had. Um, I find the whole Hulkbuster sequence so boring and so unnecessary to the movie. Like, I realize there are certain plot things that it moves along, but that is like, that's a scene you can go take a pee during because nothing interesting happens there. It's just like smash, smash CGI. It's, I, I, Every time I watch me, I'm just like, this scene. Mm. I don't know. I, I was never like super hyped for like Hulkbuster. Like, I know that was like a big marketing thing in the movie. Like, oh, you're going to see the Hulkbuster in this movie. I'm like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't sound interesting to me at all. I I feel like one of the things that I was really hopeful of coming out of Ragnarok is that Infinity War, which would have no room for it, doesn't have like a whole act where they have to go tame the hulk yeah to then go fight thanos with him like you know presumably he's got it a little more under the control hulk's a little bit cooler like he's just like a like a who's that one like uh um nfl quarterback that you used to like talk about the roffler blah 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 roffler the rapist that guy yeah that's kind of got the impression i got of uh of the, hulk. <laughs> the hulk on a okay. uh, cigar okay <laughs> That's not a good look. He's just a big green bro wearing a towel, like with Mm. some puka shells, and he's just like looking to put his monster somewhere. Yeah. Um, So, should we get into the movie? Yeah, let's do it. Open up on the Uh, first question. Oh, sure, go ahead. How did they lose the scepter again? (laughs) Um, I think if you watch Agents of Shield. I, th- I believe if you watch Agents of Shield that season, you would know that uh, Hydra had like gotten a hold of it during the like the Civil War between Shield and Hydra, and ran off with it. Because hmm. Shield had it, I think, at the end of uh, of the first Avengers movie, if, if I'm recalling correctly. Like Shield, they goes. I believe to it Shield. just landed somewhere. Well, no, they they have it. I think. Yeah. I think uh, Black Widow's holding it when they like face down Loki at the end there. So presumably oh, there go. yeah. it goes into like Shield's archives and like somehow like Hydra got a hold of it and gave it to Von Strucker to do his uh, experimentation. Okay. You might see. I think maybe you see the Scepter Loki staff at the end of uh, Winter Soldier, if I'm not mistaken. When they're like when you have oh, like, that the, little the post credit thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think you might see it there. It's the age of miracles, Doctor. If I'm not mistaken, this might have been the first time we saw the new Marvel logo in the movies. Could be wrong on that. I think so. I think so. I don't know. Might have been there for Winter Soldier. I'm not totally sure. But uh, yeah, no, it's there for there's Winter some, Soldier. There's some, I mean, Captain America's like his whole thing in this movie is going to be like a recurring joke about language. And yeah. just action, like like he's got some wackadoodle action in this this opening sequence in like the snowy mountains or whatever. One where he just like he's riding his motorcycle and he's like grabs a dude and like drags him face down for a while, we're throwing him into a tree. And then later is like just to take it up a notch, he does the fucking backflip over the front of his motorcycle while using the handlebars, and then flings the whole motorcycle at some dudes. 
it has the, the that's just line. crazy it goofy just comic book out. action yeah 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 there's some crazy yeah, action movie. at the uh beginning of this movie. also this movie's back into being shot in scope again it's not in like the weird 16 by 9 aspect uh, yeah, I just mm-hmm. checked. The, you do see the Loki staff at the end of Civil War, or not Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier. You see that Hydra has it mm. with Baron von Strucker, who I really uh, feel like Joss Whedon was handed Baron von Strucker in this movie, and he was just like, "How quickly can I get rid of this guy?" Like, I, I was not too impressed with von Strucker in this movie. Well, there's nothing to his character in this movie. Like, I feel like he's a total misdirect. Well, and he just like he's uh, just there for some like kind of, in my opinion, not great jokes where he's like, "We will never surrender." It turns around, I'm going to surrender. Like it was just like, ha, yeah. ha, ha, ha. well, because at first I'm like, man, Strucker's a fucking moron. Like he thinks his men can hold off the fucking Avengers, and then LOL, well, he does tell the men plan? to concentrate fire on the weak ones. Yeah, like why doesn't he want to just send hold the twins off. out? Yeah, I fear that, that the research will get caught or something. Maybe he thinks that they can protect him as he makes his escape. Yeah, I do like the uh, the opening little action scene where it's all this one long shot that culminates in them all like diving like out of trucks and flying through and whatnot, like jumping on a motorcycle. That that's a cool shot there where they're all like in the same shot together. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye is we're in a real weird. It's like this kind of like thigh length coat i don't know what's going on with this outfit it's not a great look for him has he ever had a good outfit i mean i guess later when he's just like got the vest that's fine it's it's kind of boring well, but it's it's functional here's the problem for a lot of hawkeye's outfits like no matter how cool you you put make his little like shield issue jumpsuits it looks silly when the it looks silly when the dude has like one sleeve gone <laughs> yeah 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 true <laughs> Um, I like that. I don't know if I noticed it the first couple times that James Spader does do the voice of the Iron Legion. Um, I don't oh, they okay. for some reason speak English in Sokovia. Yeah, it's very, it's like a much more like laid back. Like, please, this is a dangerous. Zone. It's like very like very like low key Spader. Does um, um, does one of the civilians in Sokovia there like throw acid at one of the Iron Legion? What the fuck members? is that guy throwing? It like steams upon impact. Is that I just think it's acid? Or- I think it's just acid. Think, These Sokovians, like, no wonder you keep getting invaded. Fuck you guys. It's just a mason jar of like hot European shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're in Carabao. Who's wrong with you people? Throwing acid at some robot who's trying to help. Yeah. Should anyone else have been the one to calm the Hulk down? All sun's getting low thing. What if it was Hawkeye? I feel like it, like it could have been Sounds like real low, big guy. Thor. Maybe they kind of had like a little bit of a thing in the previous movie. Like it, it really feels like it's Natasha because she's the girl. Like that's kind of what it feels like, right? It's like it has to be this empathetic moment. And who's empathetic? Well, we have a girl on the team, so she must be the empathetic one. Even though that's not Black Widow's character at all. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it should have been like Thor, like just like trying to tickle Hulk or something. Well, it leads to, you know, some comedy. In, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it does set up Ragnarok. that moment in Ragnarok. It does seem like maybe they uh, kind of forgot that Scarlet Witch has telekinetic powers, or not telekinetic, uh, telepathic powers in later movies. Like, when's, yeah. when's the last well, they... time she's done that? <laughs> it's a throwaway fucking joke what their powers are in this movie, too. Well, Quicksilver makes sense. Colby Smolders can, like, sell it. 
Yeah. Yeah, but like when they when she explains the powers to Steve Rogers and he's like, huh? And she's just like, he's fast and she's weird. She and he's sh- like, got she it. Sh- she should have said. You're speaking my flyover state. She should have said he's he's fast. She's a witch. That would have worked better, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the sniper who's keeping a pretty steady clip of gunfire in the forest like pauses to allow Hawkeye to like leisurely set up his shot and everything. Before <laughs> Quicksilver shows explosive up, explosive bows and arrows. Yeah, Hawkeye's such a joke for character. <laughs> <laughs> well, so then you get Quicksilver, who's like in comic books and every iteration of the character in in cartoons or movies, he's always a pompous, loudmouth jackass. So it makes perfect sense that he would be like life bonded to Hawkeye in this movie. Minorly hot take, I prefer this version of Quicksilver to the one in the X-Men movies. Really? I realize that those those X-Men sequences with Quicksilver are kind of like fun, I guess, or something like neat effect sequences. But like the Quicksilver character in those movies is a total dud to me. Mm-hmm. I like that the Quicksilver well, you- in this movie like gets tired out and has to like stop and, and like kind of like catch his breath like. He seems to move fast enough to be useful, but not like not like God mode, you know. The only time his powers are. I like the moment, but it's a funny moment is when the bullet comes up the glass in front of him in slow-mo. Sure. But yeah, I like that he's just wearing like stupid workout gear for most of the movie. Like he's just got like 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 Adidas shoes on at the end. Avengers issue, like Under Armour. Yeah, like workout. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, what, what is, okay. So whether you think it works or not, what is the evolution? At what point do Black Widow and Hulk start doing hand stuff to like calm him down from his, it's not easy being green. Well, see, this is to me, one of the problems with this relationship is that you had a movie where Black Widow was in it a lot. She's like a major supporting member of Winter Soldier. And you could have tried to set this up there if it was going to be a thing. And they never did. Like there could have been a few lines of dialogue like cap teasing widow about like, you know, training with Hulk or something like that. You know, like there's some way to set that up and they just didn't, it kind of felt like Joss Whedon just like parachuted in, wrote what he wanted to write and didn't really look at any of the other movies at all. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Cause yeah, like you, you could have set something up in winter soldier if this was where that was going, like the romance and whatnot, or like her training to be the one to calm Hulk down. Mm-hmm. Also in this movie as well, and yet somehow the, they started doing hand stuff. Yeah. In this movie as well, we get the, like the random blonde civilian with the like suddenly noticeable cleavage, like the same as in the previous movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that's so just like Sokovia. It's yeah, whoever this woman is in Sokovia, it, same as you know, with Ashley Johnson, I think, in the movie before. Um, are we gonna get that in the Infinity War? Is there gonna be just like a random blonde civilian who's running around and like the all these like crowd shots? I don't know if that's like a Whedon thing or what that well, is. I was gonna say, I to me, I feel like it's probably a Whedon thing, probably, yeah. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a giggle about, of course. Tony Stark in the uh, please be a secret door, please be a secret door, yay! Uh, this I'm trying to remember, like Iron Man three, doesn't he destroy most of the suits? He destroys the them all, but I, I that's the other thing. It's like, well, I guess he just went and rebuilt them then, like because yeah. he's not back in this movie, you know. I don't know. Phase two of Marvel, other than Winter Soldier, is definitely the most uneven. I would say. 
And like the Iron Man technology almost seems too too overpowered. It's like I can fly around, and I can be Iron Man, I can do all this shit, and then I can just like step out of the suit and like put it in in sentry uh, mode when mm-hmm. I go and investigate. Um, well, sentry kind mode of didn't save him from me. Scarlet Witch there. No, not at all. Uh, but it, it frustrated me, I think, in Homecoming when he like steps out of the suit and like, it's the big moment he's actually in the suit. And it's like he's wearing like a full on like jacket over a pullover, <laughs> over a shirt, not broken a sweat at all. I feel like the inside of the Iron Man suit it's like not even creased. Stinks. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it is sweaty and gross. It's like your socks inside of your jock strap in there inside of a gym. Maybe the suit just really breathes well. Maybe. Maybe it just has fans just like blowing mm-hmm. on like your balls under your pits and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in general, bad place to be is the scientist who not just creates a superpowered individual, some kind of fucking chip on their shoulder, but also the scientist who thinks they can control that shit. I mean, watch a movie. It's not going to work out, Frankenstein. Um, but I guess presumably Wando and Pietro are willing volunteers to this experimentation. It doesn't seem like they fully explore the idea like we get like their perspective like you know waiting for two days to only start to kill us you know we get that but like you guys joined a paramilitary terrorist organization right like mm-hmm. that's a little bit serious well but for all we know in sokovia that's like going to work at walmart that's true they do throw acid on any robot that shows up trying to help so mason jar of hot european shit yeah uh the hydrogens we find are you out- saying that hot european shit is corrosive is that what you're suggesting there and it eats into metal yeah bad diet Mm -hmm. yeah the hydrogoons are for who working for Strucker are like doing experiments like the flying lizard whale cyborgs that came with chachari in the first one which i feel like nothing ever that cool was happening on agents of shield (laughs) oh they don't have the money for that um i should have been kinder to the title card in the first avengers i actually don't hate it as much as I, i let on this one is is kind of funny just with uh quicksilver talking about like are you just gonna let them take the staff and like elizabeth olsen has this like great wicked smile on her face and then we see how the avengers will give way to the age of ultron i mean it's there if you if you want to find elizabeth olsen is doing good work in this movie for sure my girl wanda yeah she's and she doesn't have a ton to do but she's a good balancing act for her asshole brother do you think what Tony sees here, is this any sort of hint at Infinity War or is this just like purely for this movie? Like his like, I don't know, worst fear. I I think it's his worst fear. I think you could easily call back to it for Infinity War. Like like they retroactively claimed that the, you know, Natasha Bruce romance was seated in the first movie. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Thor has two eyes there, so. Mm, good point. Mm hmm. It's it's almost as if they you know knew what they were doing ahead of time yeah. or didn't much mm-hmm. like they did in the first movie. <laughs> is Amir just Ruffalo uh, look like like ten years older than he does in the previous movie? Maybe it's his haircut or something, but he looks old in this movie. He's a lot grayer. It doesn't help with the the romance that he looks much older. And yeah. Scarlett Johansson is probably like I don't know thirty. Um, yeah, dude looks well, old. Bruce Banner also endorses Beats by Dre. Mm-hmm. Such a product placement there. Uh, the dorkiness of Earth's Mightiest Heroes, though. Yes, victory should be honored with revels. <laughs> yes, revels. There's like, like a fair amount of dialogue 
devoted to the idea of like, hey, we're still going to have that party, right? And you come to the party? No, you come to the party? And then the character has to like give a reason for like, yes, well, uh, because of this reason, yes, I shall attend the party, you know? Mm. Uh, what is the bedroom situation in Stank Tower? Like, who sleeps where? I guess they probably have some sort of dormitory area with, you know, like little hotel room type situations. Mm-hmm. Probably don't need, hmm. you probably don't need your own like kitchen. It's not like a whole suite, but they probably have like a, a bedroom and shower, I would think. Okay. I wonder who's like bunking close to who. What do you imply? I mean, like what's Thor's? Like, I don't know. I just, what's like, what's Thor's situation as he's like stuck on earth? Is he like, you think he's like a cool guy to hang with like during the downtime? I mean, is he, I would imagine he's like usually hanging out with Jane Foster maybe at this point. And he just like shows up when he's mm, needed. Because theoretically, mm. that was how the Dark World ended. Was he like went back to Earth and went to hang with Jane Foster in London? I think so. That's right. Yeah. And well, they, like, they eventually uh, break Steve up. Is yeah. Off screen, Steve's really worried that he uh, like can't afford a place in Brooklyn. <laughs> well, I mean, who paid? Yeah. <laughs> who pays him? Does the army pay him? Does he like maybe he has like his army pension that's like just been a Korean compound interest for a hundred years or whatever. So maybe that's where he's got his money from. Well, like is Tony just like, like twiddling his fingers and giggling at like Steve's money woes. <laughs> I mean, it might just be something where like the idea of paying like 2000 for a studio, just seems so outrageous to Steve that even though he can afford it easily, just like it's hard for him to mentally process, you know? Mm. Uh, I had a good chuckle that their jet, has to like fold up its wings like four times just to fit into the hangar properly. Yeah, they really remodeled the top of uh, Stark Tower there to make it Avengers Tower. That's a lot of work, yeah. it seems like. Not not a trivial amount of remodeling there. It's <laughs> Actually, he's too. the boss. I just pay for everything and design everything and make him look cooler. And we got Dr. Cho here, who wears like the most bizarre like smock scrubs. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, they, they didn't want to just put her in normal scrubs because that's like not enough for the Avengers. So she's wearing not the, sci-fi enough. the strangest outfits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a funny line out of context where after they're working you know, on like the synthetic tissue for Hawkeye, we've got like a whole chunk of his like, like side taken out by a blast. Like Tony Stark just says, unfortunately, he's still Barton, but he's thirsty. <laughs> I don't know why I cracked up. Well, you got the little lines like out of nowhere, the doctor's just like, your girlfriend won't be able to tell the difference. Just so he can be like, I don't have a girlfriend. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that those are healthy drinks that Tony brings everyone, but they look like, like straight up fucking sludge. No, nah, it looks like some like wheatgrass and kale or something. I don't know. Yeah, it looks like something that if you put it in a mason jar and threw it at a car in Sokovia, it would steam. Uh yeah, so there's a whole bunch of this. A lot of this movie has like smart dudes like strutting around a lab, like awe of like glowing holographic light shows, a lot of caressing holographic computer shit emoting from it. I mean, classic Marvel in the age of Iron Man. Um, just like grabbing some chunk of nothing and being like, ooh, it's beautiful. There's yeah, design yeah, here. Sure. Yeah, whatever. I like Natasha kind of like teasing Hawkeye in this like, like, you know, doctor sequence or whatever here. I didn't mm-hmm. like her so much, like being the one who has to like comfort Bruce Banner after he de-hulks. Like, it just seems like they were leaning a little too much on like Black Widow as Team Mom, 
Yeah. And like she's that's just not she's not a super empathetic person like that. Like it, I don't know why we're trying to force her into that role. I mean, I do know why, but you know, um, it just I don't know. Like you could have you could have made Bruce the the one who's concerned about how everyone's feeling. You know, it doesn't have to be the girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Bruce Banner walks in. He's like, "Hey, Clint, you need a massage or anything? How you feeling, guy? You feeling tense? What about your uh, your arrow?" arm um there's some good shots during some of the stuff at the lab where they kind of set up like the general layout of this f- mega floor like where the lab is and conjunction like the big living room yes yeah, um, i, I mean how much of this of is a single, turn around but how much of this do you think is a single set versus like a whole lot of green screen i wonder you know i would yeah i mean it's, it's a good question especially with the whole like fucking skyline of new york and everything but mm-hmm. There's a great opportunity for it to feel very real and all connected, even though it's across a, a great space of distance. Um, later on, you get a lot of the classic. Yeah, I was gonna say later on during that fight, I just keep, like there's so much glass on the ground. It's like God, all you people are like landing on your elbows on like shards of glass. Like that, that's gotta suck. You can have all these tiny little cuts. Well, we'll get there in a second to talk about about Jim Rhodes, but like uh, prior to that, that party scene, there's some classic like Joss Whedon wordplay. Like I see a suit of armor around the world and it sounds like a very cold world. Tony. Good trailer. Uh, yeah. yeah. My, uh, my number nine honorable mention for this movie is poor Jim Rhodes trying to make his boom. You looking for this joke work. <laughs> I was a little bummed that Rhodey uh, shows up later as war machine, but not Falcon. I was like, ah, Falcon doesn't get the action back on the missing person's case. Mm-hmm. So the Pepper Potts versus Jane Foster scene, what makes this joke work for me isn't that the two women are competing for worth. It's that the two guys are. Uh, I found it tacky myself, but yeah. I, I feel like Maria Hill could have had like a better like comeback or not comeback, but you know, like uh, my lady's like just line that other than like <laughs> testosterone, you know? Mm, yeah. Well, poor Maria Hill. She's still somehow collecting a paycheck from tony stark yeah even though she works and working nick fury and working for nick fury yeah well but you see her like in the stark like hr office at the end of winter soldier right yeah yeah you see that she's gone to work for stark as who knows what (laughs) yeah um so i don't know so i every time i watch this it's almost sad to me that steve rogers invites these like crusty old guys to the party yeah, I mean, I guess he kind of has to. I don't know. Would he really want to talk to them, though? Because, I mean, Wait, granted... Does, he, does gr- he really talk to them? I don't know. Probably not. Because, granted, he is, like, technically their age, but he hasn't, like, lived, you know, 70 years of life in between. He's still, like, a, I don't know, 25-year-old or something, you know? Like, he doesn't have... Like, yeah. he's he it's not doesn't have that same perspective, even though he is technically older. Yeah, I mean, in at least from what's presented here, it doesn't probably seem like these guys give him the time of day. Like they're more excited to get like fucking turned with like Thor, mm-hmm. though. Fucking Stanley, man. <laughs> Excelsior. The the weirdest thing about that scene is in the background, there's this guy who appears to be like frozen. I don't know if this is from like a different take they use or they didn't like they had. There's more to this originally because he's he's holding up the drink, but he's like it's like he's frozen in time like he's, hmm. he's just like like not moving it's a very strange thing like to just see him holding out the drink in the background yeah uh, so we, we get go. some old 
Black Ultron's Widow. Borns. Black Widow making a Cosmo for uh, for Bruce here. Nice drink. Yeah. Uh, as like uh, the broken down like Iron Legion Ultron bot like like staggers out and starts doing its like Pinocchio thing, I like the shot. It's like Maria Hill is just like she's got her legs crossed and she's like casually like cocking a gun out of sight. If if uh, Hawkeye didn't have a wife in this movie, who's he going home with? Doctor Cho, Maria Hill by himself. Like, what do you think? By himself, he's he's sitting next to Maria Hill there. Like, I feel like that. Like when I first saw this, before we got to that reveal, I was like, "Oh, maybe there's a little something there." I don't know. No, nope. it's got the drumsticks out. It's a cool guy move. I feel like, I feel like one of the first calls Thor makes back on Earth with no more Jane Foster is he calls Maria Hill. I feel like <laughs> she gets him. But the, does she? Maybe does she? I, does no. she care though? I don't think she does. I think she would just laugh at it, you know, and be like, "Okay." Although he is Thor, I mean, you know. I'm not saying Thor is relationship material, but I'm That's saying one nice like stand people are gonna. Sure. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna climb that guy like a tree. Uh, you're not climbing Hawkeye. You're not, you're not going home with a bow and arrow guy. <laughs> Man, sorry, Hawkeye. Unlike in Dude, he's not giving you like 11 minutes of fantastic cunnilingus. Or well, maybe he is. I don't know. Maybe that arrow always hits the mark. He um, never misses. Uh, I did laugh later on the fight when Natasha finds a gun holstered under the bar, or like she knows there's a gun holstered under <laughs> the bar. Gun there, yeah. I wasn't like, in, I, in love with the uh, bit where like Bruce, like he like falls on her boobs, like his face and her boobs. That's uh, a cheap moment. Juvenile as fuck. Yeah, yeah, but like I feel like security guards think Tower like have a great time just like going through the footage where every time Black Widow's like stashing guns in various places. <laughs> like, like every part of the plant like has a like, duffel bag in there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just like planting them all over the place. Um. So yeah. So you're talking about like the uh, collateral damage. Jim Rhodes takes a full on Iron Man pulse blast to the chest. Oh, he goes out of that fight early. Through, yeah. He flies to backwards through a fucking window. Falls. I don't know how far down to the hangar there. <laughs> like he should have had his back broke there. Mm-hmm. I think that's it for him in that fight too. Yeah. He he falls a good. Let's call it twenty-five feet in the air, right? Like he he gets blasted off his feet for like a good fifteen feet, crashes through a window, and then falls down to the deck below. I mean, Jesus, he's fine apparently. Mm-hmm. Just got some minor lacerations from all that broken glass. Yeah, there's a whole bit where like Hawkeye has to like catch Cap's shield and then like toss it to to Captain America, who then throws it. Some real teamwork. Yeah. Um, and I guess I like one of my one of my favorite bits for for this movie is a lot of the dialogue for Ultron. I not use your spader head, but I think he brings some of some great lines to to life here. Like the you want to protect the world, but you don't want to see it change. How is humanity safe if it isn't allowed to evolve? Yeah. Well also just in case we didn't hit on it enough, this party in general, like I could watch like 30 minutes of the movie is just like the Avengers hanging out mm. like that. I mean, I think this was the scene, the, the hammer scene. They teased that at like a comic con or something like that was like, they, they teased that scene and like a little trailer they put together. Like that's what gets people in the movie. I feel like rather than, or at least for me, it does rather than like just big, you know, Hulkbuster fights. Oh yeah. Cause you have, you have characters to work with finally, not just, mm-hmm. 
big con- concepts. And that was always what was fun in the comics. It's like, oh, it's these superheroes, but they're just like hanging out, partying. That's cool. X-Men playing basketball. Mm-hmm. No powers. Mm-hmm. So then we get some, I don't know, cut to Sokovia where all the subultrons are waking up there. Thor is very mad about this whole situation. He chokes out Tony a little bit. We This whole like this whole bit where Bruce is standing over like, I don't know what's left of uh, Jarvis and be like, this, this is rage. It's like, okay, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dr. Well, I mean, Joe's like, after... I can't believe I'm still in this scene. This is awesome. Yeah. After we've had the incredibly fun line of Ultron use the internet as an escape hatch. Yeah. You can actually see Maria Hill. It looks like she's doing something with her bare foot. Like, I don't know. Maybe she's picking out some glass or something like that. And suffered a little bit of damage, yeah. Or maybe she's just, I don't know, relaxing her feet after wearing heels. Like you said, Thor comes running back in to like choke out Tony after he's apparently lost the trail of like the flying robot he was chasing for 100 miles. The one with the staff, yeah, that just took off immediately. Yeah. Um, I don't know how he lost the trail, but sure. But whatever that trail is, sure. Mm-hmm. I smell rocket fuel. Um, there's like a, I don't know, like a playful banter between Tony and Bruce that I don't know if is fully worked out, but Tony's just like, really? You just roll over and show your belly whenever someone snarls. And Bruce is like, only when I've created a murder bot. Tony doesn't seem very contrite. No, not at all. Never. I guess, I don't know. That's his, he's going to pivot, you know, he's, he's not going to be the, uh, the scientist who feels terrible for what he's done. He's going to play it the other way. Yeah. And be like, isn't this really funny? I like who would have thought that me trying to create an artificial intelligence would create some sort of murder robot. That's such a cliche. And yet I did. It's, it's going to be interesting if, if, and when they actually kill off Tony Stark, because as long as he's in these movies, it's the age of Tony Stark. Like it's the RDJ universe. He'll always be the star. Um, then we, we I'm kind of curious look what at they'll do big, when he's gone. Yeah, we get our first look at big Ultron here when the twins go to see him. I guess there's some deleted scenes to explain why they're going to see him in the church. But uh, mm. this is, I don't know, the the Ultron design will see more or less this design. Like there's the vibranium one. It's a little bit bigger, but this is generally what he's going to look like from here on. How do you feel about the Ultron design? I don't have a problem with it. It worked. Uh, there's little bits of physicality that I kind of enjoy. When he's like listening to people's stories, like they they really capture something with the eyes. Yeah, I mostly like it. There are times though when it just it doesn't seem like I'm looking at metal, you know, mm. like it just mm. it's it's moving too organically, I guess. But for the most part, I like it. I mean, there's there's a great little speech here that's just so villainously hilarious. And the the people create things that they dread, you know. And then eventually it comes up. People create smaller people, children. I lost the word there. I like the bit where. That always gets me. The twins are like, all right, so what are we going to do? Like, we're going to kill them. And he's just like, no, we don't want to make them martyrs. And Quicksilver's just like, great. No one wants to kill them. Like, I feel like that's like a little bit of a lampshade of like all the villains plans are never to like kill the heroes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They go from that church straight to the murder bot death factory. Like I said, like when he's when they're telling their origin story, there's just this crazed fixated interest on his face as he just stares at them listening to this like origin storytelling. You have big picture. I have small picture. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then you get some, you do like, I'll say one benefit of RDJ is there's some great macabre humor. Like when they talk about Ultron killing Strucker, he's like, Andy did a bang at the crime scene. Yeah, I didn't love that line first. Uh, it's, I don't know. That's I don't know. Maybe I forgot about it, but it, it cracked me up. Um, but yeah, so a movie in which you have robots and escape hatches through the internet and they're building new AI life with like mystical outer space stones. There's actually a scene where these superheroes are like going through old boxes and file folders and shit. Sure. Yeah. They just need an excuse to remember Ulysses Claw and go to the African coast, wherever this is, the salvage yard. <laughs> Somewhere ish near Wakanda. You know, I don't think Claw made my power rankings, but I did really like him in this movie. Yeah, I don't believe he's online. Uh, I feel like for as much like hype as Andy Serkis gets for his like mocap roles, like he's fine as like just a character actor too, you know. Yeah. No, he's always he's always good as as just appearing as Andy Serkis. Uh, except for um, in King Kong. He's a ridiculous cartoon in that, but Oh, was he? He was like the cook. Yeah. I can't believe somebody saw that. Oh, somebody bad. saw that. Um, I mean, I, I, to me, like, you know, obviously Snoke is his best mocap work, but anyway, mm, hot take. yeah, he, yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's real fun here. You know, just, I always say, keep your friends rich and your enemies rich and see which is which. And then Ultron throws a tantrum when compared to Tony Stark. Ooh, ooh you're going to be fine. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to be okay. Yeah. After he chops his arm off. It's just amazing that they like set but, uh, yeah, so th- this early to bring him back for Black Panther later. I don't know, three years before Black Panther? They'd just been sitting on Claw all that time. Well, we go from here to... He doesn't appear in Civil War, but you're kind of setting up stuff for he's not in Civil, for, War, for Civil he? War in general. No, he's not in Civil War, but you're... I feel like you're setting up the rest of... Oh, well, Black Panther. The Wakanda so. Plateau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so then the Avengers show up. And again, there's some good back and forth. You know, you don't have to break anything. Clearly, you've never made an omelet. It's um, a very tough oh, line. What's the one? I, I think you're confusing peace of quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what's the vibranium for? I'm glad you asked because I want to take this time to explain my master plan. Like That's a line that a lot of people could sell, but like nobody can sell in a way like James Spader can. Mm-hmm. Watching this now, it, the Thor outfit really stands out to me with like the cape and the long hair and everything. He's going to look so much better in the new Avengers with the short hair. Like he, yeah. he looks pretty hokey in these movies with the like long flowing blonde hair. Uh, will Thor ever look as bad as he does in the first Thor movie, though? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, at least it was like a fish out of water thing then. Hmm. And he did at least go to Asgard in that movie. But yeah. I like the bit where Quicksilver tries to grab Milner and just gets yanked along with it. Yeah. Of course. He's not worthy. Definitely not. Um, so we get we get the, the nightmare like dream state stuff with uh Scarlet Witch. The the Black Widow one I find very interesting though i i know it ties into the problematic nature of how people perceive it later on there's a nice bit in the captain america like where we're two swing and kids dance party where 
he's walking past one guy in this like USO dance hall or whatever. Like the, the soldier's like comforting his buddy who's like spilled wine on himself, but mm-hmm. the spill marks on his clothes look like, just like a bleeding gunshot. Well, they look like bullet holes. Yeah. I, yeah. I do feel like they could have maybe pushed the envelope a little further with these flashbacks. I wonder, I wonder if those flashbacks were reshoots or how much time they had to do them or something. Cause I feel like usually when it comes to like kind of dream sequency type stuff here, they, Joss Whedon pushes the pushes it a little further, I guess you'd say, you know, like mm. it's cool that they brought Heimdall in and they got Peggy Carter here. Um, but it almost seems like if they, they, they could have gone further and done more with this than they did in the movie. It's just like this vague sense that uh, Thor's power is going to like lead his people to hell. And Peggy Carter is like, Oh, let's have that dance now. Why don't you come home? But that, that's like, they don't really explore it further. Yeah, uh, you think there'd be more from the guy who gave us Restless. But mm-hmm. uh, I want to say a lot of the Thor stuff was the subject of reshoots. I know I had listened to like the Whedon Empire podcast oh, yeah. interview like right after the movie. And I just remember the two details I remember. <laughs> yeah, the two details I remembered, one of them was a lot of the Thor shit was reshoots. Mm-hmm. And like just finding something for Thor to fucking do. Mm-hmm. That just makes me think maybe uh, he doesn't really know what to do with that character. Be interesting mm-hmm. to see what the the Russos do since Thor was one of the characters who was not in Civil War, you know. So and he's got he's like one of the characters with the most screen time in the supposedly, new movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about Scarlet Witch getting I don't know arrow tased or whatever by Hawkeye there? Well, I mean, it's it's on the nose, you know. He's mm-hmm. he's done the mind control thing, you know. I just, man, this part of the movie, she has so little to do, and I just, I love Elizabeth Olsen. She just nails it. She's they're really doing a whole lot more of her like her witchy thing here, where she kind of like she moves a little too fast and weird and creepy. Like I, they yeah. don't do that at all. I want to say in Civil War, uh, I wonder if they'll bring that back no. in Infinity War. I don't know. I don't know how much of the stuff they're going to pick up from like Joss Whedon's. Yeah. Whatever. Julie Delphi in the red room. Randomly. Well, that's why I, yeah, I thought that's intriguing that you would go for that, that level of a name and a face. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess scuttlebutt is that maybe kind of they're working on a black widow movie, which cool. Um, I'm always down for black. Widow. I kind of wonder if you even need to go, I kind of wonder if you even need to go into this origin stuff. I feel like this is about the level you need to know. Oh, and they've covered it a little bit more on the Peggy Carter show, the Agent Carter. Um, yeah, with the origin. Uh, yeah, of, like yeah. We 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 all saw the Red Sparrow trailer. We we get it in general, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So this fight ends. We get to the Hulkbusters shit. Um. I forgot how we got to so boring to South Korea. I mean, there's a whole bit where like he's he's tells Jarvis to like buy this building before he demolishes the whole thing because that makes it okay or something like it's they're a little bit having like trying to have their cake and eat it too here where like the Hulk is causing all this destruction and like, oh, he's going to feel so bad when, when Bruce Banner wakes up. But at the same time, it's like, Oh, it's, there was no civilians in that building that you just demolished and you borrowed, you bought it and you sent like the Stark relief fund there or something like that to make it all. Okay. Afterwards. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I cracked up at the buying thing. I, if I was doing like the super rich, like comic or whatever, it would be a lot of that kind of shit. <laughs> but just like Tony, like using his money and his science to this like looks make the like, world better. This looks like billions of dollars of damage. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's at least two thirds of a Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And it the whole thing is the Hulkbuster doesn't appear to really work. I mean, I guess it does eventually, but like. The the last like punch he gets on on Hulk, I don't know why that's the one that knocks him out. Well, the the sad part is they talk about how Bruce helped him design this. Yeah. Um. So you you love all the you said previously you love all the shit all the various ways that he can like be given the suit. What did you think about the part of Veronica floating there and just like shooting more Iron Man oh, yeah, suit parts was, at him? That was pretty cool. Yeah, where he can just okay. like give him a new arm when the old one gets broken off. And of I course, mean, that, I don't know, that thing was hovering a little too close to because the Hulk like eventually like throws something at it and it just blows up. So yeah, I don't know what exactly is exploding there. It seems like a big hunk of metal, yeah. but sure. Right. So anyways, so they get out of there. They've got, they've got Bruce. He's a little, he's a little uh, frazzle. He's got the uh, victim blanket on. Um, they need to get off the radar they're kind of sort of going to set up even before we get to Sokovia, like legal issues, a la civil war stuff to come. But like, let's go, let's go hide out from Ultron in the world for a bit. Mm-hmm. So they go to Hawkeye's farmhouse, uh, which is exactly where you want, you want your sex romp to go. Oh yeah. Uh, even when you get the line, like some people are going to double up. Yeah. Not enough beds. Yeah. They're just really pushing that Bruce Natasha romance. And I'm just not picking up on it at all. Well, Thor, yeah, so Thor then, is basically just like, gets... fuck this, I'm out of here. Yeah, this is my thing. Actually, <laughs> he crushes some like Lego thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fuck your Legos. Um, so Laura's whole point, Laura being Hawkeye's wife, who's off the books somehow. Like, There's like no paperwork filed on Hawkeye with the S.H.I.E.L.D. people. So sure. I guess if he were to die, like she's getting no benefits. <laughs> you know I support your avenging. Um. But her whole point is essentially that the Avengers are gods and monsters. And the scary thing is that they need Hawkeye, which, again, more set up that Hawkeye might die. I mean, he might as well be saying I've got one more day until retirement. She says gods when she's looking out the window at uh, Captain America and his like tight T-shirt there. Oh, yeah. She's thinking about Mm -hmm. him. She's like, oh, I got you. Okay. Well, she's she's playing an intense game of uh, uh, Mary fuck kill in her head. (laughs) I think she lost. Yeah. Then we yeah. finally uh, finally go to Dr. Cho. Oh yeah, I remember her. There's a reason we got all the scenes with her earlier in the movie. Now Ultron's going to use the scepter to take control of her and use her weird cradle technology to make old, uh vision. Yeah. Um Steve sets up his his dialogue that we'll get in Civil War every time someone tries to end the war before it starts and then some people die every time. Uh Nick Fury is hiding out in the barn. Like Tony Stark shows up to like fix the uh, tractor and finds him and instantly goes into like a, a RDJ line. Like, look, it's been a really long day. Like Eugene and Neil long. Uh, does Nick Fury need to hide in the barn? Like, does he need the dramatic entrance? Uh, it's Nick Fury. And does that tractor just not get fixed? I guess so. I mean, it might not need fixing, you know, it could have all been a ruse. But also, 
how shitty is it for a guy to like leave his pregnant wife alone to raise their kids and run a fucking farm that may or may not contain a broken tractor and a lot of wood that needs to be dramatically and tersely chopped and possess this deficient sunroom and also he's a bow and arrow guy do they need the tractor to work i guess is the question like is this does this farm need to function or can he just i don't know like give them an amazon prime account and just be like order what you need well couldn't tony stark like take 10 minutes out of his day and do like mcconaughey's farm and interstellar where it's all like robots yeah i guess farming just doesn't interest him though no like it's hawkeye really like does he like go on leave and just ride that tractor around like plowing fields in his off time i don't know I just remember when when Bush Jr. was president, and we get all those fucking like Clearing stories, yeah. yeah, where he's like, yeah, back on the farm, like getting back in touch with like the salt of the earth and shit like that. A lot of clearing brush and going jogging, one hundred and ten degree heat. Yeah, I wanted Barton to be like, guys, I know it's a dramatic thing for you, but thank you for chopping all that wood. It would have taken me months <laughs> to do what you did in five seconds. Also, Cap, the way that you just ripped that log apart uh could you do that again while my wife watches just all i'm saying is just kind of stand near the headboard it'll really help us both out Mm -hmm. (laughs) meanwhile uh, going to see dr selvig here at thor did you ever see the bloopers for this scene no there's there's a whole bunch of takes of stellan skarsgård like walking down the stairs like talking to the student here because he says something like like i'll see you later tonight or something like that and there's all these takes where he's just like, come over later tonight and uh, bring a friend. <laughs> and they're going to go, I don't know, to some pool, some magical pool that uh, is whatever. Don't even try to understand what's going on. And that like Thor gets in the spa scene. And I guess he gets shirtless. So there's that. There's like, there's like fucking like mystical hot springs that will like tell you your future or your past and definitely make you come. Um, sure. I'm shocked that Selvig doesn't get in there with him. I guess he's cured. Now uh, yeah. Being so all weird in Thor too. But uh, I guess so. Well, he's got little blue pills now. I like, um, I like the bit yes. with uh, Hawkeye, like throwing the bullseye. It's like, that's, it's, it's one thing you can do. You got to give him that, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're having a whole fucking like doing the dishes, like talking about their situation thing. Like, do we have an ally? Ultron's got an enemy. Not the same thing. Um, I kept waiting for like as Nick Fury's like making a big speech about how this is the team to handle this. Like for a fucking shark to pop up and eat him. (laughs) They're having this conversation, by the way, and like I want to say Hawkeye's kids are kind of like coming in and out of the scene here, (laughs) discussing very adult Mm -hmm. matters. You know, killer robots trying to wipe out humanity. It's like oh. Natasha, look at this painting I made with my watercolors. <laughs> She's like, needs more red. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, Steve Rogers has a dorky Steve Rogers line. Like, you know, I really miss the day when the weirdest thing that science ever created was me. That's a very Jocelyn. Yeah. So it's the Nexus Internet Hub in Norway, of course. Sure. <laughs> Every bit of data on the Internet passes through there. Whatever. Uh, the only funny thing about that whole sequence is like how the, the people are taking a selfie behind him. Yeah. 
Like, I feel like they needed to do that just to make the scene at least at all interesting. And and the one, it's like some like Danish girl who really looks like Kristen uh, uh, Bell. Or yeah, it's Kristen mm-hmm. Bell, right? Yeah. Uh, I found that distracting the first time I watched that scene. That kind of reminds me, like, there's a good chance I wouldn't have sat through or I wouldn't have even tried Iron Man potentially if it weren't for the bit with the selfie and the troop in the back of the Humvee. Um, that no, seemed no that, that little. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can I take a selfie with you? No, I'm just kidding. It's totally cool. Yeah, like I, that. That's like that's when RDJ and like Tony Stark just yell perfectly. Um, yeah, so we get the fucking acid flashback, like you said, about the Infinity Stones. Uh, eventually, Helen Cho. She's taken over by the scepter, then she gets free of the scepter, and then she gets like wounded, wounded so, by Ultron. Somewhere in that here, that wound looks awfully fatal to me. That wound looks like they CGI'd blood on her. I don't know. Like it's like is she like, about she to die? Dead, or... No, she's alive from the, the end. I think that. right. I know, but yeah. she should be dead. Okay. I think somewhere in here they they break apart the scepter's jewel, and we find the Mind Stone thin that gets put on uh, what will become Vision here. Yeah, and it's only yeah. at this point that they're the twins, the Maximals here are like, wait a minute, I just read Ultron's mind now because he's connected to Vision, and it seems like he's evil, huh? Imagine that. Yeah. This they is- say uh, Ultron can't tell the difference between saving the world and destroying it. Where do you think he gets that from? Where do you think he gets that? Yeah. Oh, and then so. <laughs> So there's a whole like action where they're trying to get the uh, I don't know what they're calling the fucking like chrysalis chamber where the, where Vision will be born. What do they call it the cradle, I think. Is the cradle, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, very on the nose. Uh, so they're in the back of one plane, and Hawkeye's following, and of course Black Widow's like, "I'm sending you a package," and Hawkeye's like, "How do you want me to take it?" And it's like, "Bow bow Hawkeye is thirsty. Yeah, there are there are lines uh, in this where you. You can feel Joss Whedon just wanting to get naughty, you know. Yeah, he's like, my wife just left me. <laughs> we make it through this all hold your own. You had to make it weird. Uh, yeah, Helen Cho there, like, it, it would seem like she has some sort of serious laceration or burn, like across her chest. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess she's fine later. I guess she uses the cradle on herself, and it's all fine. Yeah, presumably she gave herself an all-new torso. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a... This isn't uh, my make one change, but here's a change they could have made. What if he had Hawkeye be the one who gets kidnapped instead of Black Widow? Excellent. I, oh, well, I feel like there's I'm not fine much with that. rush yeah. to go save him. Mm-hmm. I, I was hey, not... Hawkeye, he's- I was not a fan of all the like ADR lines that they gave Black Widow when she's on the motorcycle. Like she says mm. beep beep at one point, and it's just like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would Drakeoff's daughter say if she heard you saying beep beep? Mm-hmm. Well, the problem with with Hawkeye being captured is it's the same thing as him being captured in a way and brainwashed and all that stuff with yeah. Loki. Like, yeah. I don't know. There's probably some different way they could have done that whole sequence. Um, I did like the bike dropping out of the plane. That's a pretty cool shot. I mean, honestly, I think the version you would have done is have Ultron kidnap Tony Stark with no armor. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a there's a connection between the two of them. Yeah. And then it's kind of sort of just the the ongoing dialogue at the end of uh, Star Trek First Contact. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, so there's 
there's some interesting like speechifying there of Ultron and Black Widow. You know, I was meant to be new. I was meant to be beautiful. I think a lot about like meteors. I love that his monologue is only interrupted by him walking up behind himself from the bigger body and like tearing apart the the previous one. It took me a while to pick up on it, but the the Ultron that has the red eyes is like the real Ultron, and the the blue eyed ones are yeah. the sub Ultrons. Um, when you'll see the blue one, the sub Ultrons will turn red when he's like talking to people. Yeah, yeah, that reminds me. Um, I didn't mention this earlier, but in the scene where they go to the ship on the African coast, there. Widow's outfit has this weird, like, kind of like neon, like, trim on it. Like, what? So, like, the blue piping. What exactly is the function of that for a super spy? I, I, I don't like know. They're trying to show Tron or something. Yeah, they're trying to show there's some kind of power that goes to, like, her, what do they call it? Like little, Widow's kiss or whatever. Yeah, her little gauntlets. Um, also, Ultron suddenly He's has trying to give her some kind of makeover. Ultron has some sort of I don't know if this is like a magnetic power or something. Like he like he can just like flex his hand and like lift up concrete out of the ground, or like he he like moves a marble pillar later at the church. I don't know what exactly that is. Yeah, yeah ill-defined robot mm-hmm. powers, I guess. Um, yeah, he leaves Black Widow alone long enough to MacGyver together a radio Morse code distress call thing. Maybe that's his plan. Cause he wants him to show up eventually. Uh, I feel like maybe nobody, you know, like you said, Tony Stark would have been the good one to have get captured. And if not, like you don't really need anyone to get captured there. You know, you still need to find Ultron. Yeah. It's not like you needed extra motivation. Yeah. Well, trying to give him a little character bit with the meteors that will set up like the whole plan in the third act. Sure. Um, yeah. So a lot of fighting and speechifying over the body of vision before Thor shows up and like, I can sign some lightning into him. And then this naked robot I, man. What do you think out. of um, banner here? He's pretty aggressive towards Scarlet, Witch. I mean, I realize she, you know, unleashed the Hulk. So maybe he's mad at her, but he's just like, I'll throttle the life out of you and not change a shade. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And then later on, he yeah, like grabs dude, her around the neck. He's just like, "Go ahead, make me angry." Yeah, that dude. I don't know, Nat. Maybe a little bit of issues there. Yeah, I'm not saying that you can't take him, but still, this is, this is a dude that's going to lead some bad times. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. So the aforementioned, you know, the the vision ties everything together of his speech, and he's new, and Ultron's in pain, and um, they're going to suit up to go do some avenging i like how he head back he to gives himself shit torn sokovia yeah he gives himself a cape after he notices that thor has a cape i like that bit yeah uh i mean like vision's great in in civil war but i just kind of wish that you had a movie that had a little more room to play at the weird little pseudo human details of him there is a, a moment here which i i've noticed a few times on a rewatch where like as soon as like vision is kind of like revealed to be like a a person you know like a a bean all of a sudden Mm -hmm. scarlet witch has like way more cleavage showing i don't know if that was just Mm -hmm. uh, just happened that way or is it intentional or what but it's like obviously they're going to become a couple and it was just like amazing how fast that happened or like out of nowhere suddenly it's just like boob shot you know yeah, they they really change like the subtle like, visual. Language as soon as to... he like looks up, it's like you cut to this like side profile of her with like this like totally cleavagey boob shot. It's kind of hilarious. 
Like Rwanda's got boobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just <laughs> had a good laugh about Quicksilver putting on his Adidas. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, they go to Sokovia. Um, I did. There is a bit where they're putting in earpieces here, I think. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah. Um, I know it's stupid, but like I was like, awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, there's a, you know, fast forward a little bit. So the, eventually the, the fucking thing rises up. They're like going to lift up a huge chunk of Sokovia and then just like let it fall back down and like cause a huge impact that will, you know, scourge the earth. Uh, there's the the reading of the line from the AI character. Sokovia is going for a ride. Oh, Friday. Yeah, it's like it's more mournful and sad than I was expecting. And Irish. And very Irish, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if the chunk that they lift up would be big enough to cause an extinction level event. It seems like it's still a little bit small to me. Like, I don't know, maybe they, maybe they did the math and like this is the size you'd need, but it's, it still seems a little bit small for like a world-killing asteroid. Well, I'm going to take the killer evil robot's word for it that this will certainly fuck up some people. Yeah, sure. uh, he talks about how you rise only to fall. Uh, so we get the like aforementioned Return of the Shield helicarrier. I like that Nick Fury and Maria Hill put on the old outfits that were clearly <laughs> like in a closet inside this thing when they pulled out the mothballs. Well, what did you think when you first saw this movie and they start like pulling the entire city up like this? Like, what was your reaction to that? Uh, oh, what did this remind me of? There was some other movie. I wasn't sure. Um, it, it's definitely like a. Just going huh, along with it. There's no easy solution to this now, is there? You know. It's like, well, that seems permanent. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of Superman in there, maybe. The, the I know they definitely did it. What is it? The uh, the remake, the Superman Returns. Superman Returns. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, Shield Helicarrier comes back, which apparently can be flown with very few people. Um, but I just love that they put the outfits back on. They brought in the one guy uh, from um, of- uh, the Winter Soldier, like the the nerdy guy. He was in Winter Soldier. Oh, is that where he's from? Okay. Mm-hmm. The one that almost got shot. Yeah. yeah. By crossbones. Okay. Um, yeah, like there's some all over the place, like rescuing civilians, fighting like, like little tiny subultrons. A little bit like the end of the first Avengers movie, which which works in some yeah, degree. It's cannon um, fodder, you know. You need stuff for them to punch and, and you know, somehow they're punching metal and it just explodes and sure. Yeah. Yeah, well it's like when when Hawkeye's arrows blow up, I totally get that. But when like an arrow would just like pierce the chest and the robot's like, I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, and I guess I'm thinking about that in the light of just having watched uh, like the premiere of Westworld. They're like pulling out robot brains and shit. Uh, but yeah, they're like kind of going back and forth between the church. There's a great bit, which again, it's it's like Joss Whedon's like whole read on Thor is he's like fighting with Ultron. He's just like, no, I'm Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. It's mm-hmm. like just setting up how fun and silly and bombastic. I can't believe is. they if you pull that apart. You can have a good time with it. They didn't go for the uh, Ultron. We would have words with the line from the comics, though. I. He he says something like, "Is that the best you got?" or something like that, which is like such a lame line. I can't believe they went with that over yeah. like this classic line from the comics. Yeah, you got the random blonde running around with her son through this whole thing. It's hard not to wonder 
you know, not not making any allegations or anything, but it's hard not to wonder like was Joss like hooking up with this chick or something because she's in this movie a lot. You know, I think this is all presented great. I think it's fun. I think it's enjoyable. It still fucking blows my mind that the people who did this, the guy who directed this, also did the absolute knockoff version in Justice League. I know. Well, yeah, I mean, that was all like super shitty reshoots, but. But you would have thought, like, hey, if my name's going anywhere near this thing, I have to. <laughs> well, you know, there's a whole, I don't know, are you aware of the whole conspiracy theory about Batgirl? Where, like, he was never... Being fired? No, about how he was never really going to do Batgirl. That was just, like, a cover story for him taking over Justice League. Oh. I don't I mean, I, I kind of enjoy it as a conspiracy theory. Who knows if it's true or not? But, like, the, the theory goes that, like, he'd they needed him to take over justice league. And so he did, and they needed like an excuse for him to be around because they hadn't announced it right away. And so like, Oh, he's doing Batgirl. And then, Oh, he decided to take mm. over justice league. And then as soon as justice league's done, he's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing Batgirl anymore. Well, I did find it funny that, that the excuse was, I couldn't find a story for it. It makes it sound like he never had an idea to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Which he said that before. I mean, like, there was the whole thing of Wonder Woman where he eventually yeah. left the project for like years and oh I never really had a story for it. Um yeah, so again they fake you out on Hawkeye's death as he's driving with Black Widow, talking about how he needs to like remodel the fucking dining room at home, and you're just like, oh shit, he's juggling them chainsaws, he's gonna die right now. I like Black Widow gets to use Captain America's shield here for a bit. That was cool. Yeah. Well she she's doing a lot of like holding of the shield or picking it up. Mm-hmm. See, for a while, I thought, oh, I wonder if they're going to build to her using the hammer. But then, like, when they do it with uh, with Vision, it's like, okay, that's what they're building to with that whole plot. Yeah. I mean, also, we, we skipped over. I think Loki has a great line about vibranium. Loki? The strongest metal on the planet. You guys are not Loki. Uh, Ultron. The strongest metal on the planet. And you people build a Frisbee with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, vibranium, as we learned from Black Panther, is just, like, fucking magic. It does whatever you want it to. Yeah. There, in retrospect, I need to go watch Black Panther again. It's just funny though, as the uh, like the sonic waves or whatever is like making their like costumes disappear. <laughs> it's like yeah. this half nude fight, depending on how the sonic waves are going. I wonder how long the, uh, the extended action scene is at, is in, at the end of this movie. It's like I want to say it's even longer than the one in the Avengers by like a few minutes. Like there's just there's an action mm-hmm. scene for like thirty five minutes probably. I just I have to say I just enjoyed it so much more than the previous one like yeah, to me a lot it. of this stuff works it's not too long for me I mean it could have gotten there but it was just it was just enjoyable um, I think this was after Man of Steel and I don't know if it was like intended to be a critique or not but it's like they're putting a lot of effort here into like saving civilians you know which was definitely not the case yeah. in Man of Steel yeah Oh, as the honest trailer says, this is the movie for you, psycho. <laughs> um, so we get kind of like the Loki button where off screen we see Hulk take on Ultron at the end, kind of like he did with Loki in the previous movie, and just oh, for God's sakes. And I just love it. You just it's off screen, you just get smashed and like thrown out of the Quinjet. And then my girl Wanda is pulling that, that robo heart out of Ultron's chest. Yeah, poor Quicksilver. Didn't see that coming, did you? Mm-hmm. Supposedly, Aaron Taylor Johnson only wanted to be in one of these movies, 
I don't know. I've, I've read like various rumors about that. Like one is that he only wanted to be in one movie. The other is that like because Fox was doing Quicksilver, like they like came to like a gentleman's agreement that like they wouldn't cross over those two characters too much or something. Hmm. Which is why you really only have Quicksilver in the uh, Fox X-Men movies, but you have a lot of Scarlet Witch in this. I don't know. I Oh, in the next Scarlet Witch, they got a little girl like, in the future past. Don't they also be playing magic in like the New Mutants or something? It's I like, believe so. It's like your girl Willa or something like that? I can't remember. I don't think my girl Willa's in that movie. Um, we'd oh, be it was Anya Taylor-Joy, I think that's who it was. That makes that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I know in the Empire interview, I believe Joss Whedon said that he he needed to kill somebody, and so it was kind of that tense, like going to Marvel and like who can I kill, and they give you the list. <laughs> here's the here's the character. I would okay love to on. see that list. Yeah, and he's like, oh, thank goodness, it's exactly the guy I wanted to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't stand the fucker who plays. Quicksilver in the in the Fox movies. I didn't really care for those. Oh, well, Evan Peters. Yeah, I don't like that guy. Um, sorry, Glee fans. Yeah, he looks like he just like does weird things to animals. Uh, dude makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, not a huge fan of Aaron Taylor Johnson either, but I feel like at least he's actually playing a character here instead of like a gimmick. Yeah. Anyway, eventually they evacuate this whole thing and then slam it down in the ground. It just gets vaporized by Iron Man's at the bottom, like shooting a power blast up and then Thor's at the top, like with the lightning and kaboom. I don't know. It vaporizes the entire chunk of rock, I guess. So everything's fine. It's just like a fucking orgy of like comic book movie, like light shows and shit. I did love the bit where, yeah, Vision, I, I guess you'd say, like, I don't know, they have like this connection through the Mind Stone or something, but Vision shows up to rescue Wanda there. Mm-hmm. Just, it's like you're really getting like the absolute minimum you could possibly do in a movie franchise to establish a romance between these characters, you know? But it works. Yeah, it does work. It works better than uh, Nat and Bruce, that's for fucking sure. Yeah, I I believe that my girl Wanda is going to fuck that robot. I mean, he does not have a dick when he first appears. He can grow one. He can grow one. I and mean, we saw him grow a cape. I'm sure he can grow plenty of other things, too. I mean, and do you think tell you exactly get, how could they he get it? like real weird, like uh, Dr. Manhattan, where there's like multiple no, copies of him? Yes, he could. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. But let me tell you how you do it in the Avengers porn parody. Sure. You do the thing. Where, Starring like, that guy you, from a like, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You uh, you have like the fucking room situation at the Spank Tower answered. Vision is just like floating in and out of like the dude's showers, and like each time he like he'll spy someone's dick, and he like he copies that dick. And, like he goes to the next room, and the dick's bigger, so like You've his really dick gets bigger. This. Mm-hmm. this is just all on the fly. This is just know, off the top of the surface of my brain. But, yeah, he's just he's like the cape thing. What, you then know, he sees his, his junk. Then he sees the Hulk, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's bigger and weirder and veinier. Or I don't know. I feel like Hulk. I feel like Hulk is like a roid's dick. It's probably a lot smaller. Oh, man. Of all the possible ways you could go with Hulk's dick, he's got a tiny dick. He's got like, like a, a micro penis. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, why, that's why no one else is visiting him in that room in Cigar other than Thor and Valkyrie. 
There's no Hulk groupies. <laughs> and it's in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's his face? Aaron Taylor Johnson here. Quicksilver. He, I don't know, takes like what a dozen of these, I don't know, these like 50 caliber rounds or something. I feel like he'd be like cut in half by that gun, you know, that machine gun yeah. that he gets hit by. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know, maybe because of the speed. Uh, you think the speed would make it worse? Like it would, it would add. To Wouldn't the help. Slice yeah. In half, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Sure. Because he's allowing more of more of himself to potentially interact with the bullet. But yeah, he's seemingly got some pretty clean bullet wounds, and he's dead. I like the shot of like the stupid little kid that Hawkeye says, like looks over, and there's like dead-eyed Quicksilver, super dead. Yeah. He just like lays there exhausted. <laughs> oh my fucking back! I did like the when they finally when like one of the subultrons like hits the switch or whatever. Uh, Cap does this cool move where he like does like a little leaping flip onto the helicarrier, and the like the whole city just drops. It's like a really cool shot. There's some funny stuff with like the little like sh- ships that come out of the helicarrier. I kept waiting for them just like like rub up the edge of the helicarrier like right to the Sokovia and just be like run on. <laughs> I mean, I guess just Vision rescuing Wanda here is all that was needed for them to start a romance. I suppose they have some sort of, I don't know, maybe a mental connection through the Mind Stone because it kind of like is responsible for both of them. Yeah, I mean, it's not fully laid out. Like they don't really like address again in the movie a callback to like her where her and Quicksilver's powers come from. No, they they come from the, the staff. They do. But like my point is, it's not like that's brought up repeatedly through the movie. Um, I mean, you're absolutely right talking about how they could have a connection there, but it's not like expressly stated. I mean, I guess it's it just, just seems like he's very Marvel. It's, it's like something for Marvel fans to intuit, I guess you know. Yeah. Um, good scene between Vision and the Last of Ultron at the end here. I suppose we are both disappointments. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, cool, the, I have a girlfriend and I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> You're unbearably naive. Well, I was born yesterday. I, you know, of course, I also had to work uh, Robert California lines into my Ultron thing, too. There is no such thing as a product. Don't ever think there is. There's only sex. Everything is sex. I did not watch a single. You understand what I'm telling you is the universal truth, don't you? Yeah. Uh, it's the last one of the one season where he first shows up. He has the great. That that very line, just talking about how everything is sex. Um, so we get the new Avengers facility, which is seem in the middle of nowhere. There's a bunch of employees. I guess this is to like cut down on collateral damage, or like they're, <laughs> they're like of repairing. Hey, tower. maybe the Avengers shouldn't have a headquarters in the middle of the fucking city. Yeah, why don't you assholes go to yeah. upstate New York, where if somebody attacks you, like they'll be fine for the rest of us. Well, since since there's no X-Men or mutants in Westchester mm-hmm. County, there's a bunch of space up there. Uh, at one point, Black Widow is getting baby videos from Hawkeye on her Samsung phone. Sure. Well, it's because uh, we see it's Nathaniel Pietro now. Yeah. So she asks if Nick Fury knew what was going to happen when she sent Black Widow to recruit the Hulk. And he's like, no, no one knew that. No one. Yeah. No way. Trouble, Miss Romanoff. No. Trouble always comes around. Um, Black Widow will spend a lot of time in that that like space in the compound, just like, staring at a wall. This might be the last time we see Nick Fury for a while, if I'm remembering correctly, because he's not in Civil War, right? No, 
you know? it, his presence would have been awkward in Civil War. So yeah, he's just I don't know. He'll be back in Captain Marvel apparently. Is he not in Infinity War? He's not in the credits. I mean, who knows if he's going to show up in it or not? But I guess we'll see. Well, if if our theory about the fourth one is accurate, I feel like he's got to be in that. Got to be in, a, in part two. Yeah. I mean, so what are we saying? Like, we're we're basically saying like something happens with the reality zone. They either go back in time or they rewrite history. Uh, you know what I want to see? I want to see some sort of unstuck in time, like reality hopping or something like that. Like time and space hopping. Something they've done of like Captain America so many times in the comics. Like I'm assuming that the spoilery title that they can't tell you is probably something like Avenge the Earth or something like that. That's a bad title. Uh, it's at least a callback. Um, to what? Like a comic or something? To the first movie, Avenge the Earth. Yeah, if we can't save the Earth, we're gonna avenge it. Yeah, that's not a, that's still a bad title. That's bad line in the trailer. Yeah, but uh, what kind of uh, platform shoes is RGJ walking on in his last chat with Steve Rogers? They like, <laughs> make them look remotely the same height. Yeah, seriously, that's it's, CGI, right? It's gotta be. Well, you know, he's got his um, he's wearing pants that are like strangely like they're long and kind of yeah. like seemingly stuck to the back of the soles of his shoes, so you can't tell. Yeah. Because yeah. he's probably got like some crazy heels on there. Yeah. Also, he's got like this self-driving car that drives all of like 10 feet before he gets in it. Yeah. For like half a second there, I thought he just hadn't put the brake on the car. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, we hadn't mentioned it, but the cap outfit in this so much better than the outfit in the first Avengers movie. Yeah. It's more in the style of the Winter Soldier one, but it's not that that particular Captain America outfit that he wears in Winter Soldier. It's got more red in it, so it's a little more, I don't know, patriotic or whatever you want to call it. But it's you know, it's not as muted as Winter Soldier, but it's not that ridiculous, like bright blue and red that he's wearing in Avengers. Yeah, so the the one that he's wearing in Winter Soldier is based on ones that he wore in the comics when he wasn't like Captain America. He was like Steve Rogers, something else. Um, regardless of like what age he was, uh, and then this one is at least back in like the uh, the milieu of like the uh, Captain America color scheme, which is yeah. nice. Speaking of speaking of we, outfits, when uh, Scarlet Witch shows up in this uh, Avengers Assemble scene at the end, she looks so uh-huh. like weird and airbrushed and like different that she was almost unrecognizable as a character from earlier in the movie. She has this no, crazy like first crazy bodice thing happening, and her hair is all like long and curled, and yeah. And makeup, lots of makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, straight up. The first time I saw this in the theater, I didn't know it was her. Yeah. And I was one, like, well, "Where's my girl, Wanda?" And one of the bloopers for this, when they, uh, you know, the whole Avengers thing, and he doesn't say assemble. Um, Scarlett Johansson like jumps in front of him and shouts out assemble. It's pretty funny. Mm. Yeah. Apparently, according to the Empire interview, Joss Whedon wouldn't let uh, Chris Evans say the word assemble, so they couldn't use it. Yeah. So they, yeah. so they had like he no didn't choice. want to give Fike. Yeah. yeah, apparently Fike was on the set and he really wanted it in case in case they needed it. And Whedon was just like, "Don't ever ever." That's say such the word. a weird power move. Yeah. <sighs> so, talk about some some movies that are okay and some movies that are terrible. Prior to this, Elizabeth Olsen is the wife of Quicksilver in Godzilla. Oh, that's a bad movie. Then she was the lover and spoiler daughter of John. Josh Brolin in that outrageously bad old boy remake. Then she's like with Hawkeye and Wind River. Um, That's a good. Movie. There's clearly not enough 
good like co-stars for Elizabeth Olsen vehicles. I watched like two thirds of that liberal liberal arts movie that she's in, which mm-hmm. is enjoyable. But it was like getting into the part where like I could tell like there was going to be like an awkward fight, so I just pause it and I haven't gotten back to it yet. But uh, there is a very funny scene in that where she's he's read Twilight, which is her fra- favorite book, and they have a, an interesting conversation. Oh, that's the Josh Radner. Yeah. Okay. The Ted is that who it is? Ted Mosby. Yeah. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, yeah, for a second I was like, oh, is that the one of Ruffalo? <laughs> so is this the right yeah, cheating on his wife. Is this the right hand that uh Thanos puts the infinity gauntlet on at the end? Because he's wearing he's, it's a left handed thing. And is it doesn't it just like his right hand in the trailer? I don't know. I don't I don't know. This is this is something I literally couldn't care less about. I don't know. This is important stuff, man. Isn't isn't there like a whole thing in Ragnarok where it's like they have the gauntlet, but it's a fake one. It's fake. Yeah, she's like yeah. fake and she shows it. Yeah. Uh, what is the second one? Because the first one's Thanos and then. Oh, there, that's it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there is no Yeah, it's second. just Thanos. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, apparently this movie suffered at the Chinese box office because the translations were bad. Like later on, they said they were too literal. How? I don't know. I just, I read that. It was like mm. some stupid trivia. <sighs> All right, you ready for make one change? Sure. So, if you could make one change to this movie, what would it be? Uh, you go first. I really don't have like a like a super present one. Well, perhaps this will be obvious, but I would remove the Natasha Bruce romance entirely. Uh, I realize that would cause quite a few ripples throughout the movie. Um, I feel like it would have been better to pair up, not romantically, but just pair up like kind of story-wise Captain America and Black Widow as kind of like a contrast to Hawkeye and his wife. It's kind of like Mm. this thing that neither of them can really experience. I feel like there's material there they could work with and hit some of the same beats and not have it be this awkward romance. It seems like it came out of nowhere. Mm. I mean, that's not bad. I, I would have done more to tie in... Not as we have mentioned, I like the Ultron vision, you know, like like button on all that. I would have tied in something more with Tony at the end where he learns a lesson or, or makes some kind of connection. And you maybe you could have done something like that with if he's the one who gets kidnapped. He does seem to get off a little easy at the end of the movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's just like, well, vision worked out well. So that's great. I can't remember. There's a lot of lines about it in Ragnarok. Does Thor even know about this romance between Black Widow and, and Bruce Banner? I can't remember. I mean, there's the the video that starts playing on the Quinjet, but I don't. I'm not sure how much he even knows about it. I don't recall much from Ragnarok about it. Hmm. Huh. All right. Well, power rankings. Yeah, these ones they're kind of all over the place. I would. Admit. I did. I did uh, ten with an honorable mention. I feel like there's probably like a dozen characters I forgot to put on here. Just like characters I like, like I feel like these I do not like. Like my number one and my number like eight aren't that far apart from each other. You know, what okay. I mean, like, I mean it's yeah, not my, like it's not like one person's like just totally yes that is the the number one and it's like far above everyone else. It's like no, they're they're all really close together here. I I will say that a lot of mine are, are super arbitrary, and mm-hmm. with the caveat that so many characters. I would have put on here as a joke and I just ran out of room. Mm-hmm. Who's your honorable mention? Uh, I give it to Falcon just because I really like Falcon. Sam, uh, Anthony McAnee. Um, I've always liked that character, so I wanted to give him a shout out. 
Okay. I'm sure he appreciates it then. He's just very like easygoing. I like his whole vibe. Does he actually have a scene or is he just like standing next to Jim Rhodes at one point? No, he has a he's talking to Captain America about like rent in Brooklyn or whatever. And he says something like, Oh, I'm sorry I missed it. And and he's like, No, I'm not actually sorry, I'm just saying that, you know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, what's your number ten? Nick Fury. Um I like Nick Fury and I feel like I gave to him just because I'm not gonna see him for a while and just ridiculous. I, he stuck out to me just because of how ridiculous to have Nick Fury pop up in a barn <laughs> on a farm. It's Nick Fury. It's so weird. And then he was on his element very briefly back on the, like the bridge of the helicarrier. And you're just watching that scene. And you're just like, man, remember how like an hour and 15 minutes of the first movie took place on this fucking helicarrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number 10. And I don't know. He probably should be higher, but I don't know where else I'd put him. Uh, I had Ultron. Uh, not that not to say that like wow. i feel like he's bad or anything like i said i feel like a lot of these characters are so close together that uh mm-hmm. that number 10 and number three aren't that far apart but no i liked ultron i know a lot of people are mad that ultron was more like i don't know jokey or whatever than they thought from the trailers the trailers portrayed him as being like very menacing and he's a little more of like a sarcastic mm-hmm. character in this but i was fine with him hmm Okay. Uh, my number nine is not Thor, but Thor's hammer. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Mjolnir. A lot of play. Yeah. Like, how many this. people got cut for Mjolnir on your list? That's what I wonder. You're like, sorry, Doctor Cho. Uh, like thir- <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, Doctor Cho. Like 35 characters got cut. <laughs> I had a I had a Hulk at number nine. It's a big drop for old Bruce Banner here. I I really liked him in the first movie. He's fine in this, but nothing special. And I don't know his whole like when Natasha is like coming on super strong and he's just like, are you out of your mind? It's like, man, that's just the wrong thing to say. Like, just even if you if even if you're thinking it, don't say it. That just listen to yourself. That sounds bad. There needs to be some kind of test that people apply, maybe especially like ladies who go for like aloof, clueless guys, nerdy guys. Like if you have to be that aggressive in your affections to somebody, don't, it's not worth it. If he then replies with, are you out of your mind? (laughs) Yeah. Like if you have to like allude four or five times to like, Hey, wouldn't have been kind of sort of fun if I had jumped in that shower with you. And he's still like not quite getting it. Yeah. He's like, Oh, you saw the hot water. I definitely should have gotten it into there with you then. Yeah. Uh, He's like, I, I don't get what you're saying. Yeah. We got for number eight now. Is that what we're on? Because Thor's uh, hammer and Mjolnir was number nine for you. I was going to say, you know, what's funny is that Bruce Banner's not on my list at all. Burn. Yeah. It's yeah. Mjolnir um, higher than Bruce Banner. Well, and even funnier is uh, I don't know why he's this high. I probably forgot to put him at 11, but Hawkeye interesting okay although autocorrect changed it to hawkeyes so maybe it's the whole family hmm. clinton laura hawkeyes well speaking of hawkeye at number eight i have hawkeye's wife laura nice yeah you know i support your avenging <laughs> linda cardellini has had the most fucking bizarre career was she the one who don draper was obsessed with in the last season of Mad Men? 
She is the one that Sally walked in on him on. That was I misspoke there, but I was I was I was accurate though. He was on top of her when Sally walked in. Who's the one? That's one where he. Sorry, good. No, I mean that. I think he becomes obsessed of her. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, she's the neighbor who like lives the floor below them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was also Velma. Yeah. She's been in a bunch of fucking garbage. I want to say she's somebody's wife in those like shitty daddy's home movies. Ooh, that's bad. Yeah. Such a bizarre career. All right. Well, let's see. Where are we at now? Seven for you? Yeah. Maria Hill. Oh, okay. Maria Hill did not make for a list. For a character who I'm genuinely surprised is in this movie, um... I loved every use of her. I thought she was great. She's fun. She, I feel like she got some of the stuff that maybe should have gone to Black Widow at times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I liked her in this yeah, movie, nice but there's, see, she didn't make my list. Nice to see something other than just just total sausage hanging there in the uh, Spank Tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Nick Fury at number seven here. Hmm. Sli- slightly higher than you know I support your avenging. Yeah. Uh, Nick Fury... <laughs> He shows up, he gives a weird speech. It doesn't entirely make sense what you go with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you could do, like, a Nick Fury Mad Libs of, like, lay it in a grave. We're on the raggedy edge. You know, like, there's all these, like, sayings that he has from, like, different movies that you just mix together and do a speech. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, so we're at number six. Mm-hmm. I like that Nick Fury is, is essentially it's not even Laura. It's just that line and that you like. What line? Uh, my number six. The, uh, you know, I support your avenging. I mean, I liked her as a character. She was fine. But mostly, yeah, she supports his avenging. Yeah. <laughs> Which will be the title of this episode, by the way. Oh, darn. Um, my number six is Captain America. Mm. Uh, I'm like looking at this now and I'm thinking to myself, why? But I guess... Where Captain America shines is at the beginning and the end of this movie for me. And there's a little bit of the Civil War setup with the wood chopping, but it's like he's the Star Wars hero, the good guy who won't leave anybody behind in Sokovia. And then the beginning of the movie, he's the guy who does a backflip over his motorcycle and then throws the motorcycle at somebody. Um, he's just a ridiculous action trope. He's like the American action hero. So, yeah, Captain I had, America. I had my boy Virgin Steve Rogers. Iron Man at number six there. Interesting. I wonder, were you on Team Iron Man in Civil War? Was I on Team Iron Man? No. No. Okay. Just curious. Uh, yeah. No, I had Iron Man there. He, um, I think he was probably better than he was in the first Avengers movie, like characterization wise. But there were still times when I don't know. Like they made a choice with him to like to just kind of laugh off his mad scientistry. It's mm-hmm. a choice for sure. I don't know. I get. I guess it's what his character would do but it seems like he mm-hmm. didn't really atone for a lot of shit he did in this movie hmm um were you on team iron man in civil war no man really team, team okay Cap. wow i'm surprised mm-hmm. uh my number five is iron man hmm. uh he he flat out calls it like it is i mean he is a mad scientist uh, he's like doing his like double date of mad science with Bruce Banner and they, they should be more adorable together. I just, 
I mean, there's some funny lines there that are clearly like just from the RDJ closet of of, of weird references and one-liners. But I wish there wasn't so much of him just like flicking his phone at an empty space in a room and then like mm-hmm. a bunch of guys just like looking at I would love to see those fucking outtakes of just people like grabbing at nothing and like moving it around and shit. Oh, there's yeah. some there are some scenes in Agents of Shield where the uh the holographic user interface gets fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Where it's like just imagine without those CGI graphics and how dumb this looks. Anyway, number five. Do they do it as much though? I mean, don't they drop it after a while? No, there there was like one scene in particular where it was like it was like literally like opening up a big filing cabinet and it was like there was just like these like exaggerated motions of like oh, you gotta lift up hard, you know, and move this thing over there. And it's like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> I have Hawkeye at number five. Amazingly wow. enough. Yeah. And he's got a lot of material in this. He re- recruits. I mean, I guess it makes sense that he's the one who recruits Wanda. Like, part of me was thinking like it would have been better if that was Natasha, but I guess he recruited Natasha, so that's kind of like his skill set that he would recruit Wanda to. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't die somehow, even though he's just like, "I'm gonna live forever." At the start of the movie. Yeah, yeah, he's getting too over the shit. Didn't make the poster for uh, Infinity War. Have you seen the uh, the fan one where it's just like all Jeremy oh, Renner? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even Jeremy Renner's like that's a bit much. He's too busy flipping a house. Uh, my number, f- yeah, he's too busy flipping a house and just making you uncomfortable. He's whatever the opposite is of of doing a whole movie career over your junior wife. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess he's being super faithful. Is like, have you seen the trailers for that fucking tag movie? No, I haven't. I am vaguely aware of it, but I have not seen the trailers. I have seen that trailer before so many movies now, really? and there's always somebody who cackles at the same exact moment. Anyway, so of all the the you know comedians and people who try to do comedies exclusively now that you have in that movie, Jeremy Renner's playing like the cool guy, and I don't know how that happens in the same movie where you've got fucking John Hamm. Uh, John Hamm anyway. has a certain comedic something or other to him, though, you know. True. Also, he can play creepy like no one's business. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number four, it's got to be my girl, Wanda. It's got to be Scarlet Witch. Mm. I like Scarlet Witch. She, uh, she, she's a witchy woman. She, she, I feel like she's not in the movie as much as I remotely think she is, and she gets a lot of traction. Well, my number four was Black Widow. As you know, I'm a big fan of Black Widow. Downgraded for that ridiculous scene where she's coming on way too strong to Bruce Banner there. It just seems completely out of character. But uh, mm-hmm. in general, I like Black Widow. I, I'm i interested to see what they do with her. She's got like the blonde hair in the new one. I hope hope she still gets some good material. It seems like the guys, like the Rousseau's and like Marcus and McFeely, they, I think they have a better handle on her character than Joss Whedon does, so. A pretty good. Uh, I would say so from Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I'm a huge Black Widow fan. Yeah. Why she's why she's my number my number three. Um, she's she's great in so much. There, it's she is perfect in just the bit where they're all doing the pissing contest with the hammer, and she's just like, I don't need the answer to that. 
that that is like just a classic perfect black widow moment amongst a few others Mm -hmm. and then like you said there's some there's some missteps but even even if however i feel about the romance i just like her play acting in the uh fellow done me wrong um that, Scarjo, that to me just really I, it's, it, like i got this vibe that like joss and scarjo were like probably talking on set about like how much they like some like old movie and they're just like we're gonna go for that vibe here even though it doesn't make any sense yeah i mean if anyone ever does like uh like soderbergh did like the good german where they just go back and purposely make another noir i don't know how you don't get scarjo in there as hard as you yeah, can she's, she's got a new album coming out uh yeah, the Black Widow and uh Hawkeye of Music are returning. The Hawkeye of Music, wow. I'm not sure who should be insulted yeah. by that. <laughs> I remember reading the interviews with that guy. He just sounded like Bjorn, a real he tool. never he, Bjorn never misses his mark. He is a he's just he's an empty it was like, like, haircut. It was like the interview way back in the day. It was basically how like he didn't even care about his music or something. Like mm-hmm. it's like he didn't put any effort in his lyrics, it didn't mean anything to him. And I was man, fuck this guy. I just remember the first time I discovered Pete Yorn is some fucking music video came on or something and, and you were in the room and you're like, oh, he's on the same uh, record label as Better Nezra. And I was like, who? I can't believe I knew that. Um, hmm. Pete Yorn and Scarge's album is yeah. not in the alternative section in iTunes. That's interesting. What that mm. all under? Like, singer Was it called A Drift? Yeah, it's like an EP. Like, what would you classify that kind of music as? It's not pop. Blues, maybe? No. Well, um, maybe alternate blues. We're going to have to derail the podcast for a moment. You know, I my only knowledge of uh, music for the last, like, 10 years is going into iTunes and looking at the alternative section. I recognize, like, no names there now. It's just sad. Let's see. So it's, it's this, Rock, like, kind maybe? of, like... What's, what's for sale kind of thing is how you get your oh, music. Oh, yeah, they're, they're under rock. Hmm. Eat your and Scarjo apart is what it's called. I mean, I, I, I guess. I mean, that's not terrible. I don't know if I totally agree with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's, talk, let's, let's go deeper into this, okay? Mm-hmm. The track listing is Iguana Bird, Bad Dreams, Movies, Cigarillo, and track five is called Tomorrow, featuring Scarlett Johansson Remix by Pete Yorn. Yeah, for some reason, that's not a Pete Yorn and Scarlett song, but it features her. I don't know what the fuck that means. but Yeah. This is, what, their second thing together? I think it's their second collaboration, yeah. yeah it's, there's nothing else showing up on uh, iTunes, unless I, the other I have one that is Scarlett album, Johansson. You know. And, yeah? Yeah, I do. Relator. It's got one good song. Tell us all about it, at it. least. I've only really listened to one song, but it's fine. She's doing this and like weird kind of like jazzy up. voice through the whole thing. Right. Which is not her only she also had a solo album called Anywhere I Lay My Head. She did? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanna say so it's produced by the guy from TV on the radio. I thought it was like a lot of like Tim Buckley, big star covers or something, but I don't mm-hmm. think so. You know, this is just a, it's a ScarJo music podcast. Now that's all we're going to get into. Yeah, man. Can you imagine a podcast about music? That'd be terrible. 
the thing that always cracks me up is that music journalists, I feel like all they want to talk about is anything other than music. That's because they ruined their own genre. So they want to go ruin other people's, uh, you know, mediums as well. They want to go do like their, their rockest uh, podcast about uh, teenage murder shows. Yeah. Right. What's your number two? Now. I think we're on number three still. My number three is oh. The Vision. Mm. Uh, small role, but I feel like you really nailed it. And it's impressive considering you... how little Paul Bettany seems to care about doing these movies, too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What the fuck is Paul Bettany doing of himself? Oh, he's at Quinlan Voss, or, or no, wait, that's not his name. Dryden Voss. Um, I think yeah, that's his character's name in Solo. Yeah, Paul Bettany's been in some weird movies. Uh, there's that fucking Wimbledon movie with Kristen Dunst. Didn't see it. It's like a, I want to say it's a romantic comedy, and I saw like I saw players. Match Point where uh, Jonathan Rhys Meyers like blows Scarjo away with a shotgun. But is that how it ends? Not exactly he... how it ends. No, it's more like that's I guess like the act two to act three turning point he he basically has an affair scarjo realizes that like he needs to get rid of this and shut this down because like he's like marrying wealthy and so he just like kills her and like you know blames it on someone or sets someone else to take the fall yeah i saw like the first half of that movie Spoilers. and like, once it's the first one where scarjo did like three or four movies with woody allen yeah um then there's like a gangster number one which he plays like young malcolm down anyway I feel like you're saving my girl Wanda for last, but uh, that was your number three was uh, mm-hmm. the vision. The vision. Uh, my number two is um, the vision. Actually, hmm. I I just like this character. I like I said I, I feel like I sense so much potential in the character. Um, the moments with him are are fewer than everyone else, but they they work for me. And I mean, he's designed as the plot to be such a central focal point for when he's there. So. I, I'm very curious where they go with him. I just cracked up that he he's spending a good chunk of Civil War like making dinner for Black or for Scarlet Witch, making like paprika or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really getting into like the peppers. Like, is he sprinkling the peppers right or a the seasoning? Mm. Yeah, yeah, wearing his like sweaters <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, I love that. Although I guess he's gonna like he's yeah. figured out how to do like skin in uh, the next one, so he's just gonna look like Paul Bettany. That's a shame. Well, until he gets his uh, mind gem ripped out. Isn't he? He's married to Jennifer Connelly, I think. I believe he is, yeah. Oh, that's weird. She is the voice of Karen, uh, Spider Man suit in Homecoming. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Minor two, your girl Willa, or not Willa, Wanda, uh, Scarlet Witch. I feel like she just came on so strong in this movie. Um, doesn't have a ton mm-hmm. of scenes is far more compelling than her twin brother in this movie. And, uh, she mm-hmm. lives too. So that's a big bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, fucking super babe, Elizabeth Olsen. Like she is, she's a very understated actor, but I am excited to see her get more roles and get out there and do more. I like that. She is the one who's like, eh, it could be a Scarlet Witch movie. I don't care. And now people are like, fuck, there needs to be a Scarlet Witch movie. It's like, yeah, write it. I think it'd be fair to do say it. my favorite Olsen. That is a very strong and wise statement. Good for you. <laughs> what do you got, number one? Oh, uh, my number one's Ultron. Uh, that's what I suspected. I like Ultron. Uh, 
Okay. I like there's always like some kind of <laughs> shitty comic. That wasn't a shitty comic. You could you could read it that way, but that'd be that's your own internalization, I think, other than anything from me. I guess, yeah, you're you're right. I do just spend most of these podcasts just wondering like how quickly you get shitty and then to what level. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I there's uh it's all you, man. there's a quote from some interview of Joss Whedon, and I can't I can't ever find it. Oh, thank you. I try to bring a lot to this podcast. Um, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was so succinct and interesting where he just talks about how much fun he was having with the Ultron character because he's just in pain and he doesn't know what to do with that pain and it it pours out of him. And I, I found that to be such an interesting play on the character. And then later on, I felt icky because I started thinking about timelines of when he's writing this character and when he's getting separated from his wife <laughs> and stuff. And yeah, that's a good point. You know, yeah. yeah. Who would you say I, is the I best? I like Vader a lot with this. Who's been the best Marvel villain for you? Uh, Killmonger's number one. Hmm. Um, as far as reasoning, portrayal, presentation, you know, the actor, how it was written, I felt like Killmonger worked the best. To me, Ultron is very high after that. Um, Hello would have been great. I mean, they had a fucking great actor. They had a great look for that character. And I feel like they just dropped the fucking ball. She had a a few too many scenes walking around the scourge monologuing. Yeah. Yeah. But they were all played for like, let's have scourge do something goofy. Um, that was just a huge, that, you know, that's a big make one change for Ragnarok. It's the biggest flaw in that movie. Um, but yeah, I think Ultron is somewhere in that top five, if not like top three for me. What about you? I don't know. I'm thinking about it now. I feel like a lot. I know it's like the common criticism of Marvel movies. Like, oh, the villains suck. Like, there are a few that I like genuinely don't like. Like uh, the Dark Elf dude or whatever. That guy sucked. Um, yeah. But a lot of them are just kind of like, that was a good villain for that movie. But it just didn't like. I don't know, resonate on a deeper level or anything. Um, I know a lot of people like Loki. I'm not a huge fan of him. Mm. I feel like either Vulture or Killmonger, they're the two that come to mind, like, you know, just more recent villains. I mean, mm-hmm. like even a Winter Soldier, like Pierce, you know, Robert Redford was good, but not like amazing, you know? Um, I feel like the character... The, the the version of Hydra that Robert Redford was in charge of was so wildly different from all these other fucking yahoos that have <laughs> yes, come exactly. after and represented Hydra. It seems like uh, Baron Mordo, that's his name, right? He could be a cool villain. Um, Cassilius from Doctor Strange, he was kind of boring. Oh. Yeah. I remember liking parts of Doctor Strange, and I don't remember a lot of that movie now. I mean, I, I guess... Ego... I came to bargain. Ego the Living Planet was pretty creepy. Oh. Like Kurt, yeah, yeah. Kurt yeah. Russell. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's not the Marvel movies are not really designed for like a, I don't know, like a Kylo Ren level type villain, I guess, you know. I couldn't give a shit about like Lee Pace coming back oh, for fuck that guy. Marvel. Or like I mean, I mean Thanos. I like, like who really cares about Thanos, you know? <laughs> I like Lee Pace. Don't get me wrong. It's just I didn't like Ronan at all. Yeah. I thought it was too over the top and stupid. Um, Ronan was like the rare Marvel character where you kept expecting him. Have to do. Well, you kept expecting Ronan to kind of like like crack a joke, and he just never did. Like ever. No. 
Yeah. Well, I wonder if if that was their note though, is like, hey, James Gunn, like you have every single character in the Guardians is cracking jokes. Like, you have to have a super straightforward, like, stick up his ass villain. Yeah. Um, but how wasted is Carrie Coon going to be in any <laughs> war? Proxima Midnight or something like that, yeah. Yeah, really only the, uh, the recent villains in this last Phase 3 interest me at all, I suppose, as characters I'd want to see come back, you know? I mean, that's... A, that's it's a, it's as short of time span as they can, but I mean, it's kind of like the Vaughn movies where they're reflexive and it's yeah. like they they adjust to the flaws. And it's going to take a couple of years and a couple of movies if they perceive the flaw from one part of the franchise to fix it in later ones. But I mean, it's yeah. not like, so like you said, I mean, phase two is uneven. It's not like like a villain like, say, Pierce or, or Zemo is like bad to me. They're just kind of there. You know, they fulfill a function, but they don't like transcend it in any way. They're not Joker, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Um, anyway, my number one. Who do I have? Oh, I have Captain America number one. Which sure, fine. I don't know. Like I feel like, like I said, like him and Iron Man are like so close together, one and six there that all these characters are just kind of in a, a zone together. But I put him first. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, oh God, can you even imagine trying to do a top ten next week? Oh my god, we're gonna have to do like a top twenty or something for Infinity War. <laughs> uh, would you recommend this movie? Hell yes, I would totally recommend this movie. I would. As well. I except I I really enjoy it. It's one of my favorite the Marvel movies. I like and and enjoy watching this movie more than I like the first Avengers. Even though I think the flaws in this are maybe more I don't know noticeable is the right word, but like severe maybe. To me, you know, mm. like the flaws in the Avengers are like you just like look past them, or these ones, I don't know, they feel like they impact the story more. But I still like this movie more. Well, I, I, I would say because comparatively to me, the first Avengers looks a little more amateurish than this one. Mm-hmm. This one, I feel like it's is as stuffed as it is. It's it's kind of tight in some places. So if there is a flaw, like it, it stands out in the the matrix of the story and the production and assembly, but. I just yeah, like in a lot of individual scenes, I just go back to you know, I'll be sitting here doing who knows what the fuck, and I'll just be like, hey, I'll check on YouTube real quick if I can watch some Ultron speeches or something. <laughs> There's just a it's some of Joss Whedon's it's some of my favorite dialogue of his. It's just his little speeches that flow. There's I mean, the music is, of his language. Is this the last like good thing he's done? Like as far as I can remember. Uh, yes. I mean, we definitely are not going to count uh, Justice League in that, right? No, uh, I haven't. It's 2015, seen... so it's not that long ago. But yeah, um, I haven't yeah. seen In Your Eyes. Um, oh, he wrote that. Yeah, I don't know. I've not seen that. I never watched that which... much of the about nothing movie he made. Uh, I've seen a little bit of it. I mean, it's you know, it's Shakespeare, so. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, really, it's it's <laughs> he went from Age of Ultron to Justice League. I, it's, like they could still fire him from the Avengers, sad. right? Oh, for sure they could retroactively. Yeah, I I am shocked that Marvel hasn't tried to get him back, though. I guess because they have the Russos and they're just let the Russos do their thing. I mean, my my impression of like the weird kind of behind the scenes drama with Marvel is that they're 
for a while up until the end of phase two, they had this like, I can't remember what they called it. It wasn't the story group. They had some other team. It was like the creative team or whatever. You know, they had this like team that like had mm-hmm. their fingers in the pie on like the TV and the movie side. And it was mm-hmm. that and possibly that Ike Perlmutter guy who's like the Marvel CEO were like causing a lot of like strife with the Marvel films. And this, this was back when like mm-hmm. Tony or not Tony Stark, um, RJD and uh, Chris Evans were both making noise like they wouldn't do any more movies back then. And they they mm-hmm. somehow like Kevin Feige like he like won he won the power struggle and it was like okay the MCU films are its own thing like you're in charge Kevin Feige like you don't have to deal with this bullshit anymore and like since then seemingly it's all been rosy like suddenly like Rod Jr. and Chris Evans like re up their contract and they're getting Spider Man in their movies and like everyone's real happy they're you know they got like Taika Waititi doing his own weird thing they've got Ryan Coogler doing his thing and like. Seemingly since then, like the phase three has been much like the artistically much happier on the, the artists, you know, mm-hmm. here's a here's a quote, because I've been seeing all these like uh, Joss Whedon tells all after mm-hmm. all this, but the dreams sequence in Age of Ultron were not favorites of the executives, the dreams, the farmhouse, these are things he had to fight for. And then with the cave, it turned into something where they they pointed a gun at the farm's head and said, give us the cave or we'll take out the farm. You know, in a civilized way, he says, I respect these guys. They're artists, but that's when it got really, really unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently that that team isn't there anymore. Um, Was Zach Penn be part of that team, I wonder, before they transitioned over to Star Wars? No, Zach Penn is related to Star Wars now? Isn't he doing something with Star Wars? Like what? Like a TV show or something? Who's the guy who's like co-writing? Are you thinking of oh, it's Chris Terrio who's co-writing episode nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, that could too. Maybe I'm thinking of Kinberg, yeah. Simon Kenberg must have <laughs> Sorry, they don't very, have like very dirty pictures of a lot of Hollywood executives for the amount of work that guy gets. I'm surprised Aaron Kruger's not in here somewhere too. Oh fuck that guy. But yeah, like Isn't I, I can't I can't recall any yeah, he's a he's a friend of Ben. I can't recall any recent like Marvel strife. Because I know like they took the movie away from Alan Taylor, uh, Thor of the Dark World in the editing room. Mm-hmm. Um, that was at their firing Patty Jenkins. Like this phase two is not a happy time in the MCU for the on the creative side, but yeah. seemingly it's all roses now. Yeah, I feel like Dark World is probably like we're lucky as it's good as it is, and it's not a great movie, but it's not a terrible movie. It's utterly forgettable. Is the main thing about it. Like you watch it, and it's yeah. you're not like hating it. You're like, oh, this is fine, and then you it it ends, and you're like, I don't know what happened for the last two hours of my life, but I I guess I was okay with it. Here's a dumb question for you: Does Selvig show up in Infinity War? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> let me let me check. Let me see if Skarsgård makes an appearance. Is he there with like Cat Dennings? You can't fight it. It's more than power. I mean, if you're gonna bring Selvig back. Why can't you bring uh, Haley Atwell back? Also, I, I can't remember if I said this during the podcast. Um, should they have like, got Agent 13 in there somewhere in the party? I think I said that. Yeah, but we talked about last week that she should have been on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They should have made that happen. Yeah, but she should have been at the party at least. I mean, come on, Kat. Well, like, what is this guest list? It's a bunch of fucking old fogies that don't even talk to Captain America and this like kind of cool hot girl that was like his neighbor and also a spy. And it's like their connection is that he almost had a thing yeah. of her, her aunt or grandmother or whatever. 
Yeah, so Selvig, I do not see it on his INDB. He's next going to appear in uh, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote in Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Mm. Mm-hmm. What if he turned it down? Because he's like, I've got to be in this Mamma Mia sequel. Was he in the first one, I wonder? I sequel, know. prequel. Fuck yeah, it. he's one of, I want to say, my knowledge comes entirely of trailers. Mm-hmm. I want to say he's one of the, because she's like three dads, right? I have no idea. Is that, is that, is that what the plot is? Is that she doesn't know? Out, they can't figure out which of the guys is the dad because like Meryl Streep left with a lot of guys on this like Greek vacation so. when she was a teen. That can't be the plot. I want to say it's yeah. It's like she's getting married. And she's okay, no, he is, he is in Mamma Mia too, so maybe that is it. I've never seen it. I just know that ABBA is like a, only... a band that haunts me from when I worked at a casino. I would hear that Dancing Queen song constantly. But you can only figure out a paternity test like through the sound of Swedish pop. Everyone knows that. Especially yeah. when you're on the Greek Isles. Did you watch the Riverdale musical? Uh, no. I presume I would have to watch 12 to 24 episodes of Riverdale prior to that, right? Uh, well, I didn't. <laughs> where, did you, where did you cut off in that season? I don't even remember. I've probably watched like a third of the episodes this season. I mean, mm. I, well, maybe a little more of that. Maybe half. Um, I just... I hadn't watched like three episodes and I just watched the musical. It was not as bad as the flash one, but just kind of, eh, I don't know. It had a good, it had a good ending that had nothing to do with the musical necessarily. It was like, at least it like something happened on the show, but as the musical itself, it it sounded a little too overproduced to me. Like I went back and watched the Buffy musical again, as I always do. And, uh, it's like the the genius of the Buffy musical is that these characters are being made to sing. And so mm-hmm. it's not supposed to sound perfect. And, and so it's like, they can kind of sound like they're not professional singers and it, it, it it's accurate to the story and it makes perfect sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just happens to be really good though. Yeah. But there was a period in my life where I was just like driving around listening to that soundtrack. I love that soundtrack. But like, I don't know. The the carry the musical stuff they did in Riverdale, it just sounded like way overproduced and like studio magicked out the ass. And it was just like, hey, settle down. Just like let them sound I like just themselves. Just re release the Buffy soundtrack musical soundtrack with the uh the Mrs. song on there. Oh, the um the from one from season seven, season Selfless. Seven. Yeah. I'll be your missus. Yeah, on your song. It, mm-hmm. also, it also has the uh, oh no mustard <laughs> out the window. Yeah, which reminds me, one of our old constant listeners from the the PLL podcast, uh, Amanda from Pennsylvania, who's an artist, um, has a podcast, a Buffy podcast called Fire Bad Tree Pretty, and I just wanted to plug that. I haven't listened to it yet, but um, good for you. All right. I miss Buffy a lot, so I'm looking forward to giving that a shot. I miss Buffy. You know what else I miss after watching that uh, mm-hmm. Riverdale musical? I miss PLL. PLL? Mm-hmm. I miss that show. I miss Pretty Little Liars. Well, you and I have talked off air about, about that. It's it's like more and more the perfectionist or whatever. It's like, man, this sounds like a disaster, but uh, give me more. I'm just fascinated by how much time is spent in the editing room, according to like Instagram stories. I mean, I guess it's it seems pilot. like a lot. It's the pilot, so you know you have time to tweak it or whatever. Yeah. Well, and I think the director's cut was probably like like ten minutes longer, mm-hmm. you know, than than 
the usual 40, 42 to 44 minutes of TV. Before they made 40 it to 40 the orgy. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when Mona and Allison are just like doing a lot of hip swaying. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's get Emily on Skype as we do a three-way like hip swaying How thing. How are they going to explain that? I mean, I, I've, you know, I've heard little birdies have told me that the new script is very good, actually. So who knows? But um, yeah. That's not really for a year, though, right? Even if, even if they green light that and everything, it's going to be like 2019 before that comes out. Oh, yeah, because they have to go back and film the rest of the season. Yeah. Or start filming, at least. It's crazy that they the were question doing I think will be interesting all year. When, or 25. Or 25 some sometimes, yeah. Well, the question that would be interesting to me is what will be the episode order if they do Perfectionist? What do you mean? I mean like, will many? they... Yeah, like will they do like like give us six, give us a back nine? I mean, will they get to twenty or will they like do like a standard thirteen? I'd guess they do ten. Because you also isn't have that how many of, they of do of uh, Famous in Love. Yeah, but Famous in Love though, I feel like would be even easier because it's all on the on the, the the set on the studio. But like yeah. the Portland of it all, I don't know. It's a dream of the nineties. Yeah, I still need to finish that book. I'm like three fourths of the way through it. I think I maybe have. Hmm. All right. Well, we should end this farm. We'll be back next time to talk about yeah. Infinity War. Spoiler episode, obviously. Um, it will probably come out at a different time because my schedule's changing. We'll discuss that off air. But uh, yeah, look for that sometime next week. Until then, have a good one. Cool. Bye bye. <laughs>